Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And this podcast is brought to you by Everything's Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. Make sure to tune in on September 11th. We are talking about the episode Radio Bart with a special guest you may recognize. Hi, I'm Nancy Cartwright. And actually, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the (gasps) hell are you? Ah! We're so excited. this This is so good. This was one of our favorite episodes we've ever done. Mark your calendars. I don't know. You're probably already downloading it. What What is this life? Uh, September 11th, we are joined by, you already heard her, Nancy Cartwright. We're so excited. Please tune in. All right. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. So uh, my name is Alvaro Rodriguez. I'm the screenwriter for Last Rampage. As a writer, to me, I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, kind of horror genre, thriller or action movie or kids movie or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of... um, of a guy like Gary Tyson who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family-centered in some some way. You know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. Welcome to the X-Files Files. I'm your host, Kamel Nanjiani. Um, I am getting some awesome emails from you guys, so continue to do that. The X-Files Files at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at X-Files Files or at Kamel N. That's my personal account. And go to the X-Files Files subreddit. There's actually a lot of conversation there happening right now. Really interesting, cool stuff. And I... Uh, yeah, so this episode is Devin Faraci, and we're talking about Roland... 
and the Erlenmeyer flask. Um, so the Erlenmeyer flask is the last episode of the season. Really great episode. Roland is one of the weirder ones, uh, but we talk about it. Um, and uh, actually, there's a thing that Devin and I talk about during the episode. We sort of talk about cryo-freezing, that thing where people sort of freeze themselves after they die. And we were sort of speculating how much it costs and stuff. And then randomly that day, I was reading a, new, a magazine called um, Mental Floss. And they had a whole article about that exact thing. It happened later that day. So I'm going to sort of recap the article at the end of the uh, episode. Uh, enjoy it. Hey, welcome to the X-Files Files. Devin Farachi is back. Hello. Thanks hey. for having me again. Yeah, thanks for coming by again. Uh, you had asked last time that you were like, hey, I want to do like a real like mythology episode. And we're going to talk about probably the first real, for real mythology episode yeah. this time. Because all the other ones, it feel, felt like sort of one-offs that tie later sort of, you know, their scope, you understand. But this one is clearly an attempt to get a big, like, myth arc started. Right. Uh, but first, By which you mean Roland. Huh? By which you mean Roland. <laughs> Roland, yeah. He obviously becomes a bit... Do you know that guy, Roland? So we're going to talk about Roland, and then we're going to talk about... Um, uh, what's it called? Erlenmeyer uh, flask. flask, which the rest of the world calls conical flask. Um, so Roland, uh, first of all, I, I didn't remember much about this one. Uh, what do you think of it? You know what? It's a really solid little one-off. It's got a real Tales from the Crypt vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, where a guy who has been wronged comes from beyond the grave to do to get back at, at, at everybody else. It also, I think, has a really interesting... Summation of a lot of X Files episodes, which is that Mulder and Scully play no actual part. They in don't the story. do anything in it, and that happens a lot in the X Files. It does they're happen. They're showing a lot. up and they're finding things out, but they're yeah. always one step behind. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, maybe at best they stop the last guy from getting killed. Yeah, but my favorite ones are the ones I find, at least the one when I because I watched this, you know I watched season one and I was in Atlanta all week and I kind of watched a bunch of the ones we weren't going to cover. And I found out that the ones that I didn't love are the ones where they're not really actively doing anything. See, I'm kind of okay with it because I enjoy the Mulder and Scully stuff, and then I enjoy that real specific EC comics, like I'm a severed head in a jar, yeah. mind-controlling my mentally retarded brother yeah. to kill people. I kind of like that. Like, Yeah, no, I like that idea. It was fun. I liked that. The, well, so I should recap. This guy's a janitor at some sort of jet propulsion labs, and he's a very mentally handicapped, like all the way. Like He's full-on. Hollywood mentally handicapped. Yeah, he's like Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder would not approve <laughs> of this acting. <laughs> like he he went full. Um, we were uh, tweeting yesterday, and I have two names for this alternate names for this episode. One is um, uh, Rain Man Hunting, because he clearly does something that clearly Goodwill Hunting, like the janitor writing, finishing but the Goodwill formula. Came out three years later. Yeah. So it Will seems Hulking like is based on this episode. Yeah, of <laughs> they should credit it. And the other one is uh, from I am Sam. I am Hodor because he's getting <laughs> warped all the time. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> that guy, that actor. That's a tough role. You know, he's won an Emmy. <clears throat> for for damages, oh, not okay. for this. Well, I was gonna say this is the kind of performance that you're never gonna see anymore because we live in a more sensitive age where you just don't have actors playing mentally handicapped in this way. Like, yeah, and they are like because it is like you know, I am here with the stars, yeah, and yeah. I'm not. I'm not even exaggerating. No, it's what all he the way. Like. Yeah. And so you're just never gonna see that anymore. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I find that kind of stuff. It's like watching an old movie where somebody's in the in yellow face. You yeah. know what I mean? They're playing the dragon lady, and you're like, well, this is offensive, but it's really funny at the exact well, same time. I think this guy was actually, like, 
kind of first of all, I want to hear the director's notes when they're shooting. Like, what is that like? Like, <laughs> hey, could you uh, really turn it up? <laughs> what is it? I want you to say it to me. But I thought this guy. <laughs> For how much he has to do, it's a tough part because he has to be that. He's sitting next to the toilet screaming. It's just yeah. like so over the yeah. top. I, he has I, to do I, that. I really enjoy that. But he also has to then sort of be smart, play like when he's right. taken by his brother. But then he's not just normal guy. He's still like that. But now he can do math. Well, it's interesting because, yeah, he's not playing a guy who's just like kicked out of his own head. He's playing a guy who's kind of being ridden. So it isn't like quite like war right. He's, because he's the, fighting it because Hodor is out. Like Hodor is just right. gone. But here he's sort of involved in it. It's, it's actually in you know in a probably a better scenario. This is a really intriguing concept that yes. he's battling his brother. But they really don't really go into it. Very no, much. I mean it's forty two minutes. You know, I I like but uh, the severed head controlling him. I like that. I like that the temperature fluctuates whenever he's trying to control, control the brother. Like, I like that. I like the big giant, the the guy falling into the big giant jet turbine. Uh, I like the other the, the, the big fan the thing. Big fan thing. Yeah. Don't ever go into a room with a giant fan. So everyone's going into that room. What are you guys doing? I'm really impressed by the last guy in this episode because he's in there holding on to a chain link fence while there's Mach Seven winds. Yeah. Him. Like that guy really. And I watched his fingers. Don't look like they're holding on to anything. Like his, they're the not key. curled around. That's the key. Don't try. Yeah. <laughs> Just let it go. Play uh, hard to get with the fan. But I also like there's one kill where um Roland sticks the guy's head into the uh, uh liquid dry, nitrogen. Liquid nitrogen and then smashes his head, which is also the best kill in Jason X. Oh, is uh, that right? Yeah, and uh, obviously taken from this episode. There's well. a great uh, that part where he he sort of smashes the guy's head and then he crunches his like frozen ear. And when it comes back, it's that chalk outline of the dead guy, and <laughs> yeah. then like outlines of like his head pieces. I thought that was really funny. It was really good. They, this episode, I, and I believe it's the next one too, had some great like coming back from commercials moments. Yeah. Like uh, I thought that one was that was really fun. That's really good. And the message boards, one of the main complaints people said was that it would take way longer to have someone's head freeze in that way. Well, that feels like a real nitpick. Yeah, it does. Also, they didn't think that a brain in a jar could control <laughs> a mentally handicapped brother. Um, I thought there was a fun moment here. So here, Scully and Mulder's dynamic, I think, has like gotten established pretty right. well. Because he says, like, did you catch the bouquet when she goes to the thing? Like, they're sort of flirting, but in a friendly way, in the right. way that like friends flirt. Right. Um, and uh, at one point, she's like, Mulder, you didn't think that, you don't think this has anything to do with UFO technology. Like, she's making fun of him. So they have, like, a fun back and forth, like, and sort of, like, you know, get at each other's, like, buttons. I also like that it continues to expand Mulder's uh, belief in the paranormal. Because yes. Because a lot of the episodes that I talked about with you have been very heavily UFO-oriented. Yes. And this time, he's definitely into all kinds of batshit psychic stuff. Uh, yeah. Which I really like. Yeah. Uh, another thing I noticed about this episode and the next one is that the, uh, the great at guessing passwords... This is before, like, they had, like, <laughs> password strength things because Google would be like, oh, password strength low on all of these because they're just, what was the password here? One, oh, it five, was the, six, the two, numbers yeah. for the thing. And then in the next episode, she guesses purity control. So they're just really great at guessing passwords. How does this. she guess I don't remember how she guessed purity control. In the next episode, they find a jar that Mulder just gets that says purity control on it, and that's where they find that bacteria or the virus inside the bacteria that they say is used in gene therapy. 
it's that's... real uh it's real point and click adventure game stuff. Yes, it really is. <laughs> well, it's I like... found this random item earlier yeah. in the game. <laughs> Maybe this will come in. <laughs> it totally is. It really is. Like, yeah, there's five jars, but I can only click one. All right, I'll, I guess I'll click that one. And that even in Roland, Mulder takes the piece of paper that Roland's writing on and that has the numbers on it just yeah. because it's clearly clickable. So he's yeah. able to pick it up, and then later on, when they're trying to do the password, he yeah. can pull out of his pocket. Well, that one I could sort of see because all the rest is like drawings of things, right. and then one thing's like numbers. I would take the numbers too. I really like actually in this episode Mulder's sort of connection to Roland. He's being nice to him, like he helps him dress. He's like, "You want the green shirt?" And then he's like, "You know, this one's really styling." I think is what he says. Yeah. <laughs> is that what he says? <laughs> That's what he says. Great, uh, great stuff. But you see, sort of Mulder, like you know, every now and then he like connects with someone who he thinks is being wronged, right. and you know, Roland is obviously being wronged in this episode, and he sort of teaches him that that there's a sweet moment where he tells him like his own dream, like with his dad, where he's underwater and right. he can't find his dad, which is sort of a sort of a character thing that comes back. Well, it's nice. It's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, this ties in uh, with uh, what was the episode that we did before. Uh, Yes, it Gosh. does. Max with, with, with Max, Max, where he's holding Max. Mulder is a guy who cares. Like he's yeah. not just—he's in this because his sister disappeared, and that's what sets him off. But he feels a sense of responsibility for other people in a big way, which right. makes him a really great hero for all of his flaws and weirdness. Is in the end, he cares about these other people that he's he's dealing with. And also, I mean, this is probably just like real fanfic shit right now, but. The idea of Roland and his brother, and the brother is gone, that probably echoes for Mulder a little bit with his sister. Oh, with you know his sister's I mean? so, gone, yeah. Yeah, that sort of echoes a little bit. He he recognizes the sibling left behind. He, yeah. he, he gets that. That is not in the episode at all. Nope. I'm totally fanficking that. Yeah. But I think it's sweet. Yeah. And then later on, he and Roland sit down, and he puts his hand on Roland's knee. And he says, I really understand where you're coming from. And this is going to get into really good fanfic now. Yeah. This is, be, <laughs> this is where it gets slash really Roland. good. I, okay. That's, <laughs> I think that's illegal, isn't it? I don't know if Roland can consent. I don't know. Well, so if Roland is being possessed by the brother, and then it's fine. Consent. Yes, exactly. Then it's fine. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is happening? Because <laughs> Roland has his own love interest lady. Yeah, and there's actually a really, a really sweet ending where she says, and I'm going to, this is exactly how it goes, I love you. And then he goes, me too. Yeah, they just it's love each sweet. other. It's very sweet. So but then it ends with that look in the mirror. What is that? I thought what it was was, when, and I remember this from when I, was a, when I first saw it, because his brother, his twin, twin brother has more hair, and it seemed to me like he was combing the hair, hair where there wasn't hair. Right. So is that what it was? That I he's think still it's in there? a little hint that maybe the brother's inside his head still. Yeah. Even though the head, the, the, the severed head is dead. The brother's life force is still inside Roland. I thought uh, there were a couple things weird about that. One, um... So he sort of um, hires his brother and gets him there and knows to freeze his head. So he knows that when he's dead, he's going to be able to do this. Is that the plan? No, I think he's just a nerd who has like that whole like Disney living forever in cryo sleep yeah. stuff. So I think he always had his will was to be frozen. Yeah. And the idea then is again it's a tales from the crypt thing when these other guys. I'm. A, it's a little unclear, but the other guys kill him. Yes, because well, but but I think that's unclear. They never out say because when he says you, he never says you killed me. He says you stole my work. Yeah, but the, Scully's talking about how this accident is so weird because there's yeah. no skids or whatever. So it seems it's kind of it's weird. So they, vague. They don't really connect those they don't. dots. One hundred percent. I think that's cool. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's cool. I think they kind of. I mean, I connected those dots because it's what makes sense for the murders. Because just stealing the work isn't enough. Well, but he might be. He's sort of been a psychopath his whole life, right? He's maybe like just a just a bad dude. I mean, maybe, but I, you know, uh, I'm gonna go with the they killed him to take the work. 
Okay. And I'm going to go with revenge. they didn't kill him and he's just a psychopath. He's just a dick. He's just a dick. Well, that makes the ending sad, though. Yes. If if he's still inside rolling his head, then it, it's a sad ending. Right, right, right. That's what I thought. I, I, I took it as a sad ending. I thought I took it as a maybe uh, semi-potentially ominous, but also hopeful that Roland and his brother are connected together. Well, but there's that moment. There's that moment that you've seen a lot of things like aren't the uh, you're not a gun that thing where they're like fight it you have to fight it Roland so you, you remember that yes so, so that to me would make it seem like he's like a bad guy his brother yeah but his brother's his brother's just consumed with anger and vengeance and that's like bad it's just that whole like I'm dead and I'm now consumed with yeah. vengeance I, I get it I think you're wrong and I have to stop you but I totally get it I also killing four people for plagiarism is that's an intense Overreaction. You know what? You, you know, know haven't get... you had your shit stolen? I mean, you want to kill people, right? Well, but... I think, well, at least this guy didn't steal a tweet. <laughs> I think that would have been that would have been the oh, epi- my, oh my god. god if he had been like yeah, that guy, you Sammy. Could see, what's that guy's name? You could steal my life's work, but yeah, don't the, take the, my fucking tweet. the don't preacher take, guy. Yeah, don't take my joke about animals can't hug. <laughs> Whatever you do, because I will come back from the grave and I will put you through a fucking jet turbine. That would be a total new X Files. It's like someone <laughs> dies, and someone's like takes their account and is tweeting as them, and they have hundreds of thousands of followers, and then this guy comes back as a Facebook profile. <laughs> there it is. There's your pitch for the. X Files, the new X Files. Oh my 21st god, century. there's got to be a new X Files movie. I, I, I hear like they, they keep talking about it every now and then. I'm sure that this show is not, is not, is not hurting. Well, but the number of people that would require be required to make a new X Files movie successful is much, much bigger than the number no, of people listening what, to this. What ends up happening though is that stuff like this puts it back into the consciousness, and people begin talking about it again, and that's what gets the executive. It's there. interesting, you know. I've seen a lot more articles about the X Files, and I'm not saying that's because of this podcast. But I'm I, saying that. I've, okay. Well, I appreciate you saying yeah. that, but I've seen like a bunch of them uh, in the last like. Week especially, like they keep coming up. Well, you know, I, I said this to you when you started this. I think it's this is exactly the right time to start going back and relooking at the X Files again. Yeah. And I think people are figuring that out. I think that this show is sort of helping move yeah. that along. Um, which is why you should be hired as a consultant or at least get a role in X Files 3. Yeah, I want a role. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, just a small thing. I just want to die. What would you, would you like to die? Or I would, would you, do I Am Sam for what it. What if I you, would... like, the movie opens and Mulder and Scully are split up and she's living with you? Like you uh, guys I think are I'm together. Gonna, I think I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where it begins. It's very difficult to do this podcast <laughs> with a with a raging boner, but all the blood is rushing from my head. <laughs> Great, perfect. That's perfect. Um, why the, the British guy that he kills first? Right, that guy seemed very nice. Yeah, it's weird because when he he kills, well, that's what's really actually cool is he kills the British guy first, not the guy who's a dick. Mm-mm. Outside there, so that, I thought it was going to happen. So that's what makes it really interesting because at first you think, oh, he's killing the people who are mean to him because he's mentally handicapped. That, but, but they're then not. The twist is no, he's killing people because they took his tweets. Yeah, because they took his tweets. The brothers, they, they took his tweets. I thought that his uh, when they showed the picture of the brother and he's wearing the. Um, Glasses and the hair that looked so fucking. That looked like, you know, the dick in a box when they when they're wearing those beards and glasses <laughs> and hair. Like, come on, guys, try a little bit harder. Yeah, I like, like that. I also like this episode. There's a lot of um, really early computer stuff where they're just typing endlessly. Yes, endless amounts. Like to turn yeah. off the tur- turbine, it requires apparently an entire new. But do you remember when you used to go to the airport when you were like, "Hey, can I get this different seat?" They're like just typing nonstop for four minutes before they can tell you anything. I feel like that was just bullshit. 
What are they doing? I don't know. But it feels like that. Like typing acting hasn't completely crystallized yet. But I'm just trying to figure out like what you had this giant wind turbine and it you, should just be on and off. There should be a button that you can emergency. Stop. <laughs> yeah, there there's really in there. There should be a safety. Oh my god. There the should be a button. Follow up is OSHA shows up and shuts the whole <laughs> fucking yeah. program down. Oh my god! I also want to talk about so the that that picture of them as kids is a terrible. This whole episode appears to have been shot in the basement of the writers' room. Oh, that's right. The, every it does. every scene, there's like this is one cinder block hallway and a couple of really nondescript offices. Yeah, that they probably just kept repurposing yeah. again and again. Yeah, this episode must have cost nothing. Yeah, I saw the breakdown for the next episode and the chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else was there that was fun in this? Uh, the, um, oh, so the guy, when he kills Arthur's brain. Right. That's a totally good move. That's what he should do. I didn't think he'd, he'd unless he'd killed him, well, he did steal his work either way. That's that's why I think that he killed him. That he him. did kill him? I mean, I don't know that he, I think it's cool that he made the leap immediately that the severed frozen head was controlling. Well, he the, took it in stride. He really, he's like, I like that. He's like, all right, that's what's happening. Because there's a certain thing like in stuff like this where people just don't want to believe what we already know is happening. That gets really frustrating. It is eventually. frustrating. And so I like the idea. He's just like, you know, fuck it. This, the, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I'm going to thaw it ahead. Yeah. You know, worst case scenario, this guy's case scenario, dead. I don't get murdered. Worst case scenario, this guy's head spoils. Yeah, but then he's got a gun and like the other thing is he's got a gun on him and then he starts like typing on the computer and he has like a math breakthrough while like don't have your fucking mathematical <laughs> epiphanies when you're, you've got a gun on somebody. This is just the, the creative mind of scientists. Yeah, you why can't stop. Just, why don't they just fire Roland? That would take care of every every problem they have. <laughs> Maybe they can't fire him because there's a quota that you need. Four yeah, maybe people. they were worried about like a lawsuit or something. They could like hire that. his girlfriend. American Disabilities Act. Clearly not. Yeah, hire his girlfriend instead, right? I feel like though a mentally handicapped janitor is the easiest guy to frame. Like very early on, once you become aware that he's probably killing everybody. Yeah, it feels very easy for me to like figure yeah. out a scenario where I can get rid of that guy. Pretty yeah, quickly. I don't have yeah. to wait to be the last survivor. First of all, he's never on time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could you could fudge everything. God, we're on thin ice in this episode, I feel really like. We are. Uh, but but it, 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 he is really, I am samming up a storm. Oh, like, he crazy. went for it. It's all the way. I read a thing. He, I read a, an interview with him, and he said that he's never played anything like that before or since, and that's still on his reel. He because has nobody that, like, like that exists in the real world. I used to, I used to work at a, at a summer camp for mentally handicapped adults. Uh, and it was so long ago, we actually called them retarded adults still. We don't call them that anymore. Yeah. Uh, and in this camp, even though it was nothing but mentally handicapped people of that same age range, I've never met a person with that Kind of that kind cadence, of, yeah. Like it, yeah, that it's total movie. The other handicap. sister handicap. Yeah, it's total right? movie business. Yeah, is that's the one with Giovanni Ribisi and yes. all. Yes. And I never saw I Am Sam. Have you seen this movie? The one I don't. No, but I like the I Am Sam soundtrack. What? Who's? who's in it's it? all Beatles covers. Oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty nice. Is uh, Eddie Vedder on it? Doesn't yeah. he love Eddie Vedder? Yeah, Eddie Vedder's on it. <laughs> yep. Um, I never. I saw little bits of The Other Sister, and I really couldn't... The Other Sister's one of those ones where you're like, I understand that you're trying to do something sweet, but it's crazy offensive. It's really, it. really offensive. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to portray uh, mentally handicapped love. Handicap, handicap rom-com is a tough is a tough pitch. Do you know who um, else could not do it? Oh, who actually did it better, though, um, uh, was Quantum Leap. Did you see oh, the episode I, no, where I didn't see it. Sam leaps into a Down syndrome guy. 
Really? Yeah. And is it's an actual actor with Down syndrome? No, just in the mirror. Because oh, it, sure. Because it's Scott Bakula walking around. That guy was a day player. Yeah. Right, so they, he looks in the mirror, and there's the Down Syndrome guy in the mirror, and then it's Scott Bakula walking around playing Down Syndrome. And then how, how does that Scott Bakula act that whole time? He's right on the edge of I Am Samming it. It's okay. real close. And like the plot is that like Sam's mind is trying to fight with the Down Syndrome mind. Yeah. So he's trying to like still be the, his super scientist guy. Uh-huh. Uh, he's right on the edge of I Am Samming it. I'm but, fascinated by Because to me, it's like doing a version of Roots uh, all in blackface. And you're like, th- th- we're doing the right thing. We're telling the, the story, but we're yeah. like a bunch of actors really playing yeah. in a pretty offensive way. Did you watch the first season of, was it the first or second season? There's a Down Syndrome actress in um, American <laughs> Horror, Horror Story. Story. A bunch of the seasons, yeah. Yeah, and she's really good in it. Well, that's the other thing that makes this episode interesting is why you're never going to see this kind of stuff again is because Hollywood has figured out that there are actors with disabilities who can play these roles. Yeah. And at the time, they just figured there was just nobody, so you just hire a guy and tell him to just like you know, go all the way with it. Uh, and now there are plenty of actors with the with disabilities who could do these roles and yeah. do them way better. And not that this guy's bad by any means, but it's just yeah, he's playing it to the rafters. You know, he really is. He's he's I'm summing up a storm. <laughs> it's just so every now and then you're watching the episode and you're immersed, but when you think of like cut, and then he just sort of. Walks out and walks it's to the crafty table. Especially the scenes of the two, have him and his girlfriend. That those are the out. toughest. Those are the ones where you like. That's a what tough is thing that for like me. Before and after, yeah. action. Yeah. Like, so, so what do you have after this? <laughs> <laughs> what else are you working on? <laughs> yeah, I thought, and she wasn't quite as good as he was. Not that he was. But he was just going for it. It's hard to evaluate these kinds of performances right. because they're so big, right? That you don't really. But but they're like. Weird connection. I thought it was very. Here's why I thought that the, his brother's a bad guy. He ma- he wants her to kill that girl. He wants him to kill the girl. He attacks the girl. That's yeah. a bad move. You're right. And there's not a really good reason. Is no, there? he's just being a dick. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. He has these flashes. So I know. Yeah, I was trying to remember if there was like she's if she had known something or seen something. No, she, she was, was she, she was just like distracting him from his like quest to kill all these scientists. Yeah, you're right. It was about stealing a tweet. Yeah, <laughs> it was about stealing a tweet. Um, I I quote a bunch of times this uh, the movie blog Darren Mooney writes for it, and he said that the cryogenics thing was like really huge in the early '90s. That's when we were, people were talking about it a lot. Uh, with uh, you know, like with urban legend about Disney being frozen, and wasn't Disney's there like a head, yeah. Disney? There was like a bas- basketball or baseball player or somebody who was supposedly frozen. Is there? I don't. I know. don't know anything about it. I get a lot of mail from the Neptune Society. What's that? They freeze you. So that's still that people exists. are still doing yeah. it. it. Still exists. Yeah. yeah. The idea that it's it's such a it's such a weird it's such a weird idea. It's the idea of I am gonna put my faith, my religious faith, in science. They're going to freeze my body, that I believe that they're going to freeze my body fast enough. There's no downside, though. That there is no downside, except for the cost to your relatives, because you have There's to There's no downside. I'm gone. <laughs> right? Well, unless you wake up and you're in crushing debt. 
like they wake you up in a hundred years. <laughs> that should be a story. And you're just like yeah. you're working in indentured servitude. Just to pay off you being frozen for that long. <laughs> right. Listen, we thought it was gonna take forty, took four hundred. <laughs> you owe a ton of money. It's just you know, it's just the interest on it, man. That's that's, yeah. that's what's killing oh. you right now. The interest on your freezing. I wonder how expensive it is. I should have looked it up. It's pretty expensive, I think. Like how much? Like millions? No, I think it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's and like and you have to pay monthly yearly yeah, well, to maintain but like what happens like if you go if you get behind do they just throw you out and dump you yeah what ha- that's such a good question like what happens if like the the money runs out yeah i don't know why but i just got the idea i just saw this image in my head of them like sending bills and arrears to the head so it's just <laughs> a frozen head and it's just like red envelopes around it like <laughs> you have to act now <laughs> last last notice <laughs> i can't do anything um i always think of this this is a, whenever i watch shows that are procedurals like this they always have to have like so many new characters right and i notice when i watch law and order and all these shows and now the x-files i always pay attention to like the names that they have because they have to come up with so many fucking right. new names right so i added a segment i don't know how if this is going to stick but this is the first time i'm doing it um people like n- reviews of the names because the next episode the season finale has some fucking great names in it and i had the idea so uh like roland fuller dr arthur grable those are pretty decent those names are pretty good names. yeah yeah uh frank nolette that's a good name it's a good name ronald Surnow. These are good names, these right? Are, yeah, these are good. Yeah, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Stody. Mrs. Stody is a fine name, but the actress's name is Nicole Mercurio, and that's a great name. Well, that's good. That's Romeo and Juliet. I like that very yeah, much. Mikol, yeah, Nicole with an M. Oh, Nicole? Nicole Merc- Mercurio. Wow. Dr. Keats, Dr. Barrington, Lisa Dole. So they're doing good jobs. I think the trick is you take someone you know's name and then change it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, or it sounds like they're also naming them like. Uh, Barrington's a town in Illinois. Oh, somebody's from Lisa Dole is like great pineapple juice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this episode, do you have anything you want to say before I move on to the message section and the, what no, the people said about it? I'm really curious what the kids thought of the episode, though. This episode? Yeah. Um, so besides uh, their nitpicks about freezing heads. Well, that's a big one. Yeah, I didn't go into a ton of detail about this one. Uh, most people at this point are just guessing what the next episode is going to be. People sort of see this as like, this is just the one that's in the way of the next one. So they're looking forward to the season finale, hoping that it's like going to really up the ante. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of people now speculating what's going to happen in the season finale. Do you know if they know if it's going to be renewed for a second season? They found out like a couple weeks ago and it was a huge thing when they found out. They were very excited. So that means they know that whatever the season finale is, is building. They know that the season finale is building to... Yes, they know that that's going to come up. So they're they're speculating a lot. A lot is because uh, they also know that Gillian Anderson is pregnant. Okay. So they think a lot of people are speculating that she's going to leave the show. Oh. A lot of people are speculating that. A lot of people are speculating. Um, here, I'll get to that in a second. So basically, uh, David Nutter said he did not like this episode. He's the director. He's the director and it's written by Chris Rupenthal, who only... Other episode he wrote was three, which is a really bad yeah. episode. It's a really bad episode. And the last thing I could see him doing was he worked on the Outer Limits till like 2000. Like the Outer Limits that was, you know. Uh, the revival of that, yeah. Yeah, the revi- revival of that. Um, David Nutter said, I didn't think it was one of the strongest scripts we had all season. Probably the weakest script from start to finish that I remember. The actor, Zelko Ivanik, he said, 
did a really good job. Glenn Morgan um, didn't like the episode overall. Ultimately, wasn't uh, completely effective. Uh, the show does pretty well, 7.9, which is one of the highest ones of this season, 7.4 million households. But but this is sort of, you could see, like, it's hit the bottom, and now people are catching on about the right. show. Uh, also, I think America was really into murderous, mentally handicapped janitors. It was just, it tapped into a fear yeah. that we all had. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's interesting, because, like, a lot of, like, stuff feels so quaint when you look at it now. Like, um, I remember there was a storyline, wasn't there a, a mentally handicapped character on... What's the law show? That's quite a ways before this. L.A. Law? No, yes, L.A. Law. Yeah, what's his name played him? Uh, Dr. Giggles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That guy did. And there's an episode where he's like framed for murder or something, and it sort of plays on that fear. And then we talked about an episode called Gender Bender, and there's a lot, lot of weird like transphobic stuff in that right. episode and like uh, weird homosexuality stuff, how it's considered like scary almost. Um and even in like Silence of the Lambs, his his um, you know, when he talks and dances and stuff, that's supposed to be like weird and off-putting. Well, it's so. This is also fascinating because all of that stuff. <clears throat> this is off-topic, but all that stuff comes specifically from one guy, from Ed Gain, who did oh. kill women, cured their skin, and wore it. He wore his mother's skin as a costume. Yeah, psycho. Everything comes. That from all that. comes from that. So yeah. that weird, that whole weird trope of sort of cross-dressing murderers comes from this really amazing cross-dressing murderer. I mean, like, so it's sort of strange. If you're going to be a murderer, that's a great, like, niche to call you. That's your a own. very specific niche. That's a good one. And then, uh, um, uh, Clown. That's a great one. <laughs> the I John mean, Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, no, John Wayne Gacy and Ed Gain have like totally- Those like, are the best. They're the ones who have- uh, All of our murderer stuff comes from those guys. Yeah. And even like John Wayne Gacy, like now there's a- Whenever someone's thinking about being a serial killer, they're like, well, I can't do clown. That sucks. It's like, it's the Simpsons did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's I fucking hear that. Oh, Simpsons already did that. <laughs> that's That's their Twitter. <laughs> For serial killers, like, oh, man, I can't eat them. Well, eating them is vague enough that I think you could do that, you right? You could probably do that. It depends on, like, what you, what kind of flair you put into it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, do you have, like, a specific recipe or whatever? There was a cop in New York who, like, boiled his girlfriend's heart forever uh, and ate it. Like, that's cool. Like that's like Forever? Was, like, not forever, but, like, for, like, a long time. He really, like— He slow-cooked it? Slow like cooked a, it. Like he a really, brisket? He really, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was just tender falling apart. When was Because the heart is the roughest. That's the really yeah, grisly so it's, organ. It's ten, it's muscle. I feel like that was like in the 90s or the 80s. Wow. Um, so the message is here. A lot of people had issues with the cryo head exploding. And then this is the opinion that most people... Whoever said that this is before this is the worst episode this season is right. The storyline lagged and it was way too predictable. I hope the season finale is a zillion times better than this one, which wouldn't be saying all that much. I think it's weird that they say it's predictable. Did you see that guy and you're like, oh, his dead brother's head is no, I did not. I mean, like, right. uh, Actually, what I will say is that the episode is not a great episode, but that predictability criticism comes from, I think, the episode being structured well. In that the reveals feel natural. Yeah. They don't feel like sudden shocking. By the way. Yeah. Like it's all these series of reveals. So, and you're maybe. A it sort of bit... follows one. Right. It follows. Yeah. You can actually investigate along yeah. with Mulder and Scully as it goes along. I noticed that I watched, like I said, a bunch of the weaker episodes, and uh, this is not one of them. Like, um, I saw one called Miracle Man that I thought was really, really bad. Did not like it at all. I saw one called. Shadows, which is the ghost, and I actually kind of like that one. I was sort of surprised how much leeway I give the X Files, even like bad episodes. At least if they're doing 
sort of the things I like about the right. X-Files. Um, sort of works. And Shadows is another one where Mulder and Scully don't do anything. Right. Miracle Men, Mulder and Scully don't do anything. It's basically like um, Indiana Jones and like Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, like he doesn't really do anything. You could take him out of the movie. Doesn't you make could take him out of the movie. Yeah. That's what a lot of this is. Um, so, so clearly this is an episode that they put in. They didn't feel it was the strongest one just to sort of, you know, get to the finale. Right. All right, so Erlenmeyer Flask is the season one finale, directed by R.W. Goodwin, who's a big X-Files guy, stays on, directs a bunch, written by Chris Carter. I've noticed Chris Carter's Monster of the Week ones aren't that good, but his mythology ones are really good. Um, how do we feel about this episode? Love this episode. Yeah, right. Love this episode. And it just, you know, I, we talked about the very first episode, it felt like everything was in place already. Yeah. But this episode, it's not just in place, it is like next level. Like, oh, this is, when we're talking about what we love about the X-Files, we're talking about this episode. Yeah, and clearly they introduce a lot of stuff that's going to become a major part of the X-Files coming up, like the alien-human hybrids thing, right. the green blood thing, the toxic gas release from the hybrids thing. Like, there's a ton of stuff. Clearly some big conversation happens between this and the previous um uh, alien episode, which is EBE, EBE right. they realize, like, all right, uh, let's, um, you know, sort of make this into a big running thing. And now they know that season two is happening. Right. So they have sort of the confidence to do that. And they really introduce a lot of big stuff in this episode. And they make a lot of big changes in this episode. Uh, uh, Skinner. The Skinner, yeah. the, death of, the death of Deep Throat. That's a huge one. That's yeah. a huge one. And I think they said they did that for a few reasons. One, they said that they were relying on Deep Throat too much as like just a deus ex guy who would come in and just tell you what needed to happen. And I really like that actor. There were a couple times where it felt clearly he was brought in because they couldn't get Mulder and Scully to the answer quickly enough. And it's always tough when they bring him in for an episode that doesn't feel like it's a mythology episode. And they, did, they started doing that more right. and more. And the other thing Chris Carter said that, went, that I'll read at the end, he said that he wanted to have the sense that anybody could die at any time. Right. And Deep Throat particularly was a very, very popular character. On these message boards, you're going to see, this is interesting, um, a lot of people before the episode are predicting what they think is going to happen. And then when he dies, a lot of people are saying that he's not really dead, which is sort of a natural reaction. Right. And they have all these reasons that they list why. The other thing that's interesting that's happening here, you know, that thing that's become now where people think that they should have a hand in uh, what the creators are doing, right. that sort of thing. Mass Effect 3 was the biggest example of that, where the people organized letter writing campaigns to the point where they changed the ending. They released a new right. ending. Here, I'm seeing people are writing letters to Chris Carter being like, bring Deep Throat back. They're trying to like get that going. Wow. Maybe this is the beginning of that kind of stuff where people sort of feel like they have some sort of... Um, Direct connection. That, it probably is. This is being the very early part of the internet and like having the beginning of that connection to the creators. Because back in the day, when something crazy happened... Although, actually, I'll tell you this. Um, in 1982... When they killed off Spock in Star Trek Two, yeah, uh, a guy took out an advertisement in like, Starlog <laughs> and stuff, and it was like, "We demand that you bring Spock back." And, yeah, you know, how can you kill huh. Spock? So there is, a, there is that entitlement that runs through the entitlement fan, is the thing. Yeah, it runs through fan, and now fan they have with, coupled with access. That's very dangerous. But yeah, because now they know that you're actually hearing them. When you take out an ad in a magazine or a newspaper, it's sort of weird. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny. It all goes back to Star Trek, also, because Star Trek was the first show that a letter writing campaign brought back from the dead. And that they were going to cancel it. No, oh. they were going to cancel the show, and then the fans wrote letters, and they brought the show back for another season. And season three, season three, which is not a very good season. Um, so that was like the first time that fans felt like they had a real 
control. Star Trek is weird because it's also the show, the show where all that fan stuff begins to coalesce, where there's the, the first conventions uh, slash fiction comes from Star Trek. Oh, really? Yeah, it literally, that sl- idea of slash is Kirk slash Spock. Right. I, so I that's where that's, that, yeah. that, that's where it comes from. And so uh, it's interesting because I, I bet that the X-Files fan base is very similar to the early Star but what, Trek But what's happening is that, you know, in, the, in that world, like, fan fiction was separate from the actual totally show. Off. And now yeah, they're just doing your own thing. Right? Now they're trying to sort of take this fan fiction that they have. Because you'll see they're also trying to get letter writing campaigns to get Mulder and Scully to hook up. Right. So now they're trying to take their weird fan fiction ideas, right. the slash fiction, and make it actual canon. Right. But going back to the episode... I thought the the uh, it seemed like this episode had a bigger budget too. It starts with like those huge car b- jumps and yeah. stunts. Nothing says yeah, the finale car like jumps. that. I love that real seventies car chase. Yeah, they stuff. really were. Yeah, 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 but they look awesome. And then you see the green blood, and I was like, oh right, this is the X Files. I got right. really excited when I saw that green blood. It's yeah. been a while. I also liked uh, this. Is just I, I noticed this in Roland, and I noticed it here at the beginning too. Is like there's all this stuff that happens, and then all of a sudden, a guy with the most obvious Canadian accent shows up. And those two <laughs> cops are like, "Hey, yo, so do you think he might have drowned?" Eh? It's <laughs> like, oh Bob and fucking Doug McKenzie. It's so funny. There's I a lot of that. that. He has a lot of in Roland that happened a couple of times where somebody just be like, "Ooh." <laughs> Uh, of those guys, I think they're the ones who say, like, uh, well, I know it's not Silence of the Lambs, eh? But, <laughs> but that's a direct reference because Chris Carter is very open about the fact that Clarice Starling is right. sort of a precursor to right. uh, Dana Scully. Right. And there's a lot of Silence of the Lambsy stuff in this. So he's sort of like nodding to that. Um, um, there's, uh, uh, I like the way, because obviously Mulder's always going to be, you know, uh, have a sense of purpose, but I think they did a good job in this one of giving Scully a sense of purpose too. Like she feels imbued with the, uh, uh, wanting to act until later when she sort of, there is a really terrific bit at the end where Scully is talking to Deep Throat. Big shout out to Emily. Thank you for bringing coffee. Uh, there's a really terrific bit at the end of the episode where Scully's talking to Deep Throat, and you really see oh, yeah. the difference between how she's approaching this and how Mulder's approaching this. In that Mulder is all about uh, getting the answers and the truth no matter what. Yeah. And Scully's really interested in justice and right. protecting people. And she's like, you know, people are going to die, and Mulder's much more interested in make, finding out what's, what's going, going on. on. And yeah. she's much more interested in, like, let's just, let's just stop bad things from happening. Yeah. And it's a neat little moment how she approaches Deep Throat very differently yeah. than how Mulder does. And I think Mulder, uh, Deep Throat's reaction to that, uh, response to that is also good, because when she says that, I'm like, oh, now he's, he's lost. She's right. right. But then he says a lot more people are going to die if we don't do this. And that's a very interesting part, because... He obviously, do you think he knows he's going to die? Is that why he wants to get it from Scully? Is this all sort of set up for him to martyr himself? Well, I think that he probably knows that he's close to going as far as he could. Yeah. It's interesting because this episode plays a lot with the big question of the X-Files, which is why don't they just fucking kill these people? Oh, it really does. I mean, and so he has to know that he's hit a point where he has become such a thorn in their side, they can no longer yeah. ignore him. I mean, and that is the big question, because you talk about conspiracy theories, and it's always like, you know, that plane that just went down in Russia, it had 108 AIDS researchers on it. And I guarantee oh, you, shit. there will be somebody in the next few weeks who is like, well, actually, the reason that plane went down yeah. is because one of those guys was going to cure AIDS, and the pharmaceutical companies wouldn't allow it to happen. And they're happy to kill 200 other people. That's what, what a great conspiracy theory is. Right. And so you, you would think that they just knocked down one of their planes. But this episode sort of goes into that dance of like, 
why will they why will they kill Dr. Carpenter and her whole family? Which I think it's done so well where she just goes in in the break room and they're all bummed out and they're yeah. like, yeah, she's dead. I think that just – that makes it even scarier. You don't see her get shot. It just happens off camera right. like as if this shit happens all the time. Well, it's just it, routine. And it, yeah, it's just so offhanded for these these guys. They just yeah. – they'll just kill you. But And that, that – that, and so again, it's that interesting that dynamic of, well, they'll kill Deep Throat, but why are they keeping Mulder and Scully alive, and how does that work? And that's, Well, they don't want him to get martyred. They do that. There's, there's some interesting like narrative things. where They, they sort of have to—another issue that they have with the Deep Throat character is that you can't have the Deep Throat character just come and tell them what's going on. Right. just has to lead them enough so that Mulder—so that there's still a sense of mystery that these guys are actually doing something. So that's why they have that conversation, too, where he's like, why don't you just tell me? He's like, no, I want you to find out on your own. And that seems to be it's reverse engineered a little bit just to keep it, like, interesting to watch. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, you had told me to rewatch EBE before this episode, and that was really interesting to watch before this episode because that's the one where Deep Throat lies to Mulder. He lies the whole time, yeah. And that sort of uh, – killing Deep Throat is very helpful – and from a story point of view, because you now, like you said, you now hit a point where why doesn't he just tell him? Or right. Why doesn't he lie to him all the time? Right. Or why does Mulder even trust him anymore? Yeah. So killing him helps in that it really clears the deck for that. And uh, also, you've brought Scully far enough along that you don't need Deep Throat as much to right. initiate these things. Scully's probably much more willing to take leaps with Mulder now yes. than she was in episode one. Yeah. So you don't need these kind of cryptic moments where yeah. he shows up and says, yeah. did you look into the small town yeah. full of and children? This, and this one totally starts off like that where he's like, turn on Channel 9 and it's just about right. some guy who escaped and so Mulder puts in a v VHS tip and starts recording. I was like, I remember <laughs> doing that with this. Like, oh my God, this music video is on. Put it in, record. <laughs> so I would have like the second half of this is going to be no good. But, I wonder what um, kind of porn uh, he was taping over. <laughs> That's right. Like, oh man, I can't. These are the two things I care about most, and I have to choose. <laughs> I thought they gave Scully enough, like, hearts, crazy heart science stuff that she would. Um, know that something's up like that weird like the the virus right. thing the 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 genes with the two extra base pairs that kind of stuff they gave her enough stuff that she knew something's up she, th there's a reason for her to keep going there's also going back to deep throat a little bit this was interesting this people say that in this in the message boards a lot um one it was way too easy for scully to get into the facility where they have the fucking tiny alien baby right it's, it's, it's really, way too easy. Really easy. And that there's just some doofus working the door. Like, if you say purity control, you get to go see the alien baby, <laughs> which is adorable. I kept, like, <laughs> looking at his little hands, like, little cute little hands. Also, she, like, basically gets it out of there. I thought that seemed totally crazy that they just let her out. But if you look at it so that, you know, the, dark, the shadow organizations, whatever they are, they know that Deep Throat's doing this. And they sort of set it set this whole thing up as a way to sort of get rid of Deep Throat. Well, to allow him sense. to go too far so they'd have the reason yeah, so to that knock him off. Yeah. Because so we're not really sure how the syndicate works, but you have to sort of assume that you they can't just kill each other off whenever they want to. Right, there's to be, be enough like reason. reason. And I think that they sort of set that up, that they let her take that out because right. they know Deep Throat would bring it back and right. then they would be able to kill Deep Throat. And I think Deep Throat knew that he was going to die in that moment. It seems like he sort of... Because in EBE, obviously he has a lot of guilt over being one of the three people who's killed an alien. Right. Here it feels like, like you said, he's like, all right, I've done everything I can. Sort of time to, you know, put in, get in, just sort of time to check out. See, I think it's interesting you bring up the whole infiltration of the facility thing. This is the one complaint I have about the episode is that it should have been a two-parter. 
because it would allow the facility infiltration to sort of be longer than like half an act. You yeah, know, she can actually. It can actually be a thing. Yeah, in a two parter in this in this one hour episode. Yeah, it really is literally just like. Uh, yeah. any, any babies in here? Yeah. Can I, can I, can I have that one? Uh, uh, let me be clear. Any non-human babies? <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay. I thought it was so funny because she, she sees that, you know, the um, there's all the, the floors, what they have. And the top level is like cryo something. And it'd be so funny. It said alienology and it's just scratched <laughs> out. It says cryo because they're, they're so fucking open about it. Yeah, they really are barely hiding it. Yeah, yeah. But, but it sort of makes sense if it's sort of all set up to, you know, deep throat it a fall. Which is the beauty of any conspiracy theory is that every element of conspiracy theory that doesn't you can work, justify you can it. justify it in right. that way. Right, exactly. Um, I thought that when they go and talk to the doctor who then ends up killing himself, right. uh, I really liked that scene with the monkeys. That was really scary and there's a fun moment where the guy says I'm really busy. And Mulder goes I'm sorry. And then he just continues asking the <laughs> questions. I like that thing of like, I'm not listening to anything you're saying. Uh, I thought that was really funny. Uh, there's a ro- lot of really um, uh, great stuff. And the, oh, Mulder. In the in some of the stuff I've read before this, this sort of like the father son relationship with Deep Throat yeah. and Mulder. It's uh, I think is it EBE when they talk about how they want to go catch a game together or something. Yeah. They're joking about that. And here I, it feels like it's really really sort of on the surface surface where he says uh, to Mulder, your level of commitment appears to have diminished, which is such like a like, if you hear your dad say that, that destroys you. And he says, <laughs> from day one, it's always been on your terms. And he doesn't say dad, but it feels like he should. And, well, and that makes sense because later on in the show, we're going to discover stuff about Mulder's family and yeah. their involvement. So that makes a lot of sense yeah. where it goes. He also says, uh, Mulder says to Deep Throat, cut out the Obi-Wan Kenobi crap. Yes. Uh, that's more direct. like Which is more stuff. direct. It's sort of yeah. dad mentor stuff. It's, yeah. good. it's also funny and it's a good little pop culture reference which is rare uh, in 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 the early 90s. Today we take all these pop culture references for for, for granted. Right, that's why like, once upon a time Yeah, saying Silence of the Lambs was probably a big crazy thing that Yeah, they, like whoa, they reference Silence oh, of the Lambs. In that world Silence of the Lambs is there. Yeah. It won the Oscar in that world too. And today Seth MacFarlane's made an entire career of just saying this is like Silence of the Lambs. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I haven't watched much Family Guy or anything. I I really want I saw I saw Ted and I kind of want to see uh, The Million Ways to Die in the West. Did you see that? Yeah, it's super bad. Um, that, <laughs> <laughs> that scene that scene where he, the same scene where he's talking to his dad, he, and he talks about, at one point he says, I've got plenty to do. And I would love it if he had just recapped the whole season. Like, I fought a guy with a salamander hand, and he was aging backwards, <laughs> and there were ghosts, and uh, an evil computer. Like... <laughs> Is that has that just been Mulder's life all along, or does it start when Scully shows up and he's like, "By the way, since you showed up, stuff has really picked up down That's here." That's a good question, right? Because has he been dealing with crazy shit the whole the time? the X Files have been happening. That's actually be like a really good like comic book prequel series. Like, what was just Mulder, Mulder on doing his own? before? Yeah. Things and he probably go. could have actually had really because the structure of the show requires them to uh, keep Scully away from seeing anything too cool. Uh, you could actually have the structure of it be Mulder seeing totally bonkers shit. Yeah, the whole time. Scully comes yeah. along. There's a season ten comic book right now, and I've been talking to the the creator of it online, and I want to have him on, but not not until I've read it. But I've read a bunch of reviews, and people say it's pretty good. It yeah. references back to the show. It's not the myth arc. It's like sort of one offs, but that they really capture Mulder and Scully's voice and. Really, a lot of people say that it's sort of, uh, it doesn't treat the second movie as canon, kind of, which would be such a, a good idea. So, such a good idea. Such a good idea. Yeah. Um, 
there's uh oh this guy who's so that guy had been swimming down there for three days yeah why didn't he i mean it seems like he would be able to get out why didn't he just swim out and then yeah over? to the other way <laughs> why like, he's been underwater there. for three days maybe he's like hibernating down there and only uh, activates his consciousness to make sure there's nobody around but maybe he can't actually be active down there I'm like retconning it right now. For <laughs> you really are making it make sense. I, de- I demand a no prize for this. Um, that guy, when he died, I thought that coming back from the commercial uh, with the dead, um, I think his name's Barubi, that guy. Yeah. The, the black and white photos at the crime scene. That was really cool. There's a lot of like great, great cinematic stuff in this. And then when Mulder says, Mulder says he just Greg Lugatist out the window, like, that's like that. not sensitive. Like <laughs> He's that. just being a dick. I like that. Uh, it's got that, it's, it's that uh, early CSI stuff. Or oh, Law yeah. Order, where you're just yeah, yeah, like, joke uh, with the school's out, that kind of <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. You know, speaking of cinematic, this episode is a really great image uh, that just really works, and it's probably fairly cheap to accomplish, just the dudes in the tanks. The dudes in the tanks in is the black awesome. room. It's an amazing image. I thought that whole sequence is so good because he goes in. It's called. It's on Pandora Street. By the way, it's a zoo storage on Pandora Street. I was like, that's a bit on the nose. <laughs> Turns out it was actually on Pandora Street, really? and they went there to repaint it because they had Chris Carter had a different alien sounding name for it, and he was like, wait, this is actually on Pandora Street. It's like, nope, let's leave it. It's on. <laughs> that's where that facility was on Pandora that's Street. That's pretty perfect. But. It's it's so cool when he goes in and it's Mulder's like looking for the right key and it's like a really great quiet scary moment because you're like this like the world that he's looking for is behind that door and right, right. now he's just looking for the keys and he goes in and uh, it's a really great quiet moment because uh, like you said it's, it's they're all like in the water and then one guy moves you're like holy shit he's alive yeah. and that came from Glenn Morgan saw a documentary where it's like living cows underwater or something like really? that really he saw some documentary here I'm going to find it. Oh, God. There's so many notes on this episode. Uh, yeah, he he showed it in the writer's room. He saw some documentary where they're doing something to these cows that are underwater, and the cows are alive and moving around, and they were like, that's a fucking great image. Yeah, a cow that was alive underwater from that's Cine a, Fantastic. It's a really cool, it's a really cool image. Uh, and that sequence also is just one of those iconic X-Files moments, which is Mulder walks through a door, discovers all these answers, yeah. goes to get Scully, comes back, and it's all gone. Well, but the crazy thing is he should be like, we got to go right now, because <laughs> when they go back, it's the day. day. Like, what did you guys do? Like, day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go to Wendy's, get some breakfast, <laughs> and then we'll go. No, go right now. Obviously, they're going to get rid of everything. And then I thought that scene, Deep Throat shows up in that facility, and they're all talking, and it's super dark. I thought that was really cool. That was really uh, just uh, the three of them, like, in almost complete darkness. Right. Talking about like really dark shit. I thought that was really. Uh, it just really worked for me. It's a, it's a, one of those moments that's really X Files that I like, which is just these characters just standing around discussing things, and it's still really very scary and really works. Well, yeah. what I think the tension in that scene is that there's one guy who knows so much, and right. he just just tell us, just tell us, and he won't because he's dad, and dad's an asshole, you know. <laughs> um, but it, it's 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 very like uh, the I you know gives your head a lot to swim around, and that there's this one guy who has this who's this fount of information, and they're just getting like little glimpses of it. Right. That's another one of the scenes where today, if, if he had a camera phone, everything would be fine. Uh, this whole series is undone yeah. by the easy access to phones uh, <laughs> on the internet. The whole series. You just yeah. you could not do it anymore. 
Um, one thing I thought was really cool was they're talking about the Human Genome Project and that they're mapping. And they have the to human... explain what the human genome is. is yeah, that what it is? yeah. This follows up on how the show really right. has, to, has explain to explain the most things. basic stuff. Yeah, but what's cool is that at that time we hadn't. Now the project is done. We've mapped it. Uh, back then they ha we hadn't mapped it, and I think that's a really good sort of. Uh, you know, X Files is getting harder and harder to do as the world gets more and more illuminated, and that I think a human genome was still like this crazy mysterious thing where you're right. like, when we get it mapped, everything's going to be different. Not really. Not really, no. It's kind of the same, at least not in ways like we're at the point now where scientific breakthroughs don't excite the layperson anymore. Right. You know, like 50 years ago, we were landing on the fucking moon. I understand what that is, but now some new breakthrough happens. I'm like, I really, when they're like two photons, like hit each other in a specific way, I don't get what that is. Right. Um, and I thought the X Files was in that last moment where we were still excited by scientific breakthroughs. That is true. It's really interesting. Yeah, because you sort of had this idea that once we map the genome, we would be like, now cutting, we're gods. Cutting disease out, we live forever. And oh, yeah. Like, well, we're, nothing not really, really yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we have frogs that glow in the dark now, I think. We'd be able to pull that off. What happened with that mouse with the human ear on its back? What's that guy up to? You remember that guy? Yeah, I remember him, yeah. What's he up to? He works for Beats by Drano. <laughs> They're like... <laughs> He has uh, honestly the purest ear <laughs> on earth. Beats by that's Dre. why that's why Apple had to buy him for a billion dollars. There should be like a comic strip of uh, like that mouse going back. Like, um, so where did you go? Nothing. Nothing's nothing's different. I'm I'm the same. What? Could you uh, speak softer? You're you're really yelling at me right now. There's a thing I wrote down here that uh, I got real excited about when I was watching the episode again. Is when Mulder calls and says, hey, Danny, we need you to run a place. Danny! Danny is the guy. And yeah. I, I decided to do research and figure out what the Danny thing is. Because yeah, Danny a... comes back again and again and again, but we don't actually ever meet Danny. No. Uh, I think this is the first time that Danny This is, is... the first time they ever yeah. talk about Danny, and Danny actually is David Duchovny's brother's name. Oh, so you would just call It's an like... in-joke. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's basically uh, like Twin Peaks. Who's the person that he's Diane. always- Diane. Diane. He's always talking to Diane. Diane, Danny. There's a lot of pink, uh, uh, Twin Peaks influence in the X-Files. It's cool. Um, another cool thing. Um, that uh, scene where they have that, when they shoot the guy- uh, no, it's later when the guy gets um, alien-human hybrids. They establish that if they their skin gets punctured, the gas is noxious. They're full of farts, yeah. Yeah, they're full of farts. They're made of farts. I actually wrote, imagine his farts. <laughs> great, great joke. Um, do you know that's based on a real case? There's yes. an actual, Gloria Ramirez was her name. This happened in 94, so right around this, um, I'm going to read a little bit of this. Uh, actually, should I read it later? No, I'll, no do this it is it. Riverside, Riverside General Hospital, she came in, she was very sick. She had cervical cancer, which they knew. Um, extremely confused, suffering from tachycardia and respiratory issues, and they injected her with diazepam, uh, lorazepam, some other stuff. She wasn't responding to it, so they, uh, several people noticed an oily sheen on her body, noticed a fruity garlic-like odor that they thought was coming from her mouth, and as soon as they attempted to draw blood, all these people started fainting, like everybody in the room eventually fainted. And um, what they found out, what they're still not 100% sure what it was, like people had uh, loss of consciousness, shortness of breath, muscle spasms, People who were just within two feet of her ended up passing out. Um, they noticed in the blood, when they took the blood, there were these crystals in the blood. Um, fucking crazy, right? And they found out, they think, they still don't know, because when they exhumed her body, it had like decayed horribly, and her heart was missing, and all the internal organs were covered with feces. 
No good. <laughs> you don't. You don't want that. That's a. Uh, that's contraindicated. She's uh, buried in an unmarked grave at Olivewood Memorial Park in Riverside. I wonder why it's unmarked. Cause we should go. We know her name. Yeah, we should go. <laughs> this is what they think happened. They think she was using uh, dimethyl sulfoxide (DMSL), which is a powerful degreaser. It's a home remedy for pain. Uh, they say that it has a garlic-like like taste, and it has like that sheen on the uh, give you that sheen on her body, and they think that the um, uh, DMSO had built up due to urinary blockage caused by liver failure, and when they uh, injected her with the you know the medication, it combined with what she'd been using as a home remedy to basically crystallize her blood and release a uh, gas, a dimethyl sulfate, which is a poisonous gas. Um, so the stuff they injected her with basically killed her. It crystallized her blood, and but 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 they're still not sure because well, but she her her internal organs are covered in poop, so she was probably going anyway. No, she. I mean, she's got a couple things going yeah, on. Yeah, she's is, got cervical cancer. Yeah. Um, she's using some weird degreaser as a, as a home pain remedy. remedy? For, like that just feels like yeah, that feels, feels well. But a lot of it is conjecture because they don't know when they exhumed the body. Like the evidence was gone. But that's an interesting way. Like, I'm going to put a, a, a masking tape X in my window and, and oh, yeah, see what happens. See what happens. Um, but, but that's when X-Files, I think, is at its best. And you've talked about this a bunch when they take like real life stuff and change it in ways and sort of put it in the show. Because this becomes like canon, you know? Right. Because the world's weird already. So it's world's just, fucking weird. It's pretty, cool. it's pretty cool to add that. It's interesting. I'm trying to remember now... Do they establish in this episode that the only way to kill the hybrids is the neck? No, no, they haven't established. They haven't anything, established that. Nothing. So, but they do kill them by shooting them, though, right? Did they? Does that guy die? I don't remember. I thought he died. I'm trying to recall now. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember. No, I don't. That's crazy. Um, Mulder's pretty uh, chill uh, when he gets gassed. Yeah, he's still got uh, comebacks. Yeah, he's like really... when he says your phone's ringing off the hook. He's like, I'm a popular guy. <laughs> his, that, his eyes are all just like yeah, his mouth. Shut that's his like mouth. a really tough image to look at. Yeah. Like, and that also shows like how cruel these people are. It's there's something so like casually cruel about just leaving him in the room because it's not like they they planned this. It's just happening, and they're right. like, you know what? Let's just let this Let's happen. This see what happens. Happen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so intense. Uh, this this episode is really good about raising the stakes about the kinds of things that the government will do. They kill Dr. Carpenter for no right. reason. And they her kill whole family. Throat. Her yeah, and family. her whole family. Yeah. Yeah. So it really like upset. Like these people will do anything. There's no sense of we're just trying to keep secret. They're like, we're trying to keep these secret, but we'll kind of do anything and won't think anything right. of it. Yeah. Well, another thing I think is really cool is that this show... The, the the building that Scully goes in, where she finds the wellspring, which is the original. I uh, side note: the idea that they've had this body for a long time, but had no technology to do anything with it. I think that's so cool. Where they're like, we've had this since 1947, uh, which is also the year that uh, Pakistan's independence. I don't know if that has anything to do with this, <laughs> but they didn't have the technology to do anything with it. Or they're like, uh, do something so we can fucking make something with this crazy thing we found. But I, I really like they show the. Uh, the the building and she goes in and there's this crazy shit inside the building but partly it's because of you know money it's just a normal looking office building but I think that makes it seem so much more insidious it right. just looks like a building you drive by on the highway on on the way out to the suburbs that's you know? what I like too I like that yeah that the idea that this stuff is just that weird nondescript building that you see is actually hiding the secrets of the universe as yeah. opposed to some kind of amazing It's not underground. Facility. Yeah, it's yeah. not some kind of high-tech. It's just some building. You just like, like when you go out to the valley, you see all these like the vivid, well, you know what's in the vivid building. That one, I pretty much that one you know. Out. You yeah. know what's happening in the Konami building. But these other ones that are there, like I saw one that was uh, 
I was just in Atlanta and it was Liochem, L-I-O Chem, which sounds like an evil company. I'm sure they do wonderful work. I shouldn't have said the name of the company, but but that's the name you went with, Liochem? Like the word lie is in there and the word chem. Come up with better names. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I think that's the stuff like what's barely under the surface, like we're hiding it, but it's it's there. It's possible to get to. And that, that thing of EB E had the, you know, the the body in the semi and you see all these semis driving by, you're like, what the fuck is in that? You know, right. it's, it's stuff that'll change the world. I also like the idea that they didn't have the technology to do anything with this body, but it also speaks to a larger thing that I think comes across in the course of the series is the general lack of imagination of the government and the conspiracy people. Yeah. Because they have all this world-changing shit, and they don't really do anything that interesting with it. No. They're mostly making soldiers. Right. Right. That's what it is. Every every new technology is like, well, we should make a stronger soldier with this, <laughs> that's right? That's pretty like, much it. Like, that guy should be fired. Yeah. Like, that's all you're doing with this? Yeah, they're not even making, like, better breakfast cereal. It's no. just stronger soldiers. Although, I mean, the better breakfast cereal people are working, like, <laughs> pretty hard. At Lyochem. Yeah, at Lyochem. Like, the frozen, the, 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 the dried strawberries and <laughs> Shit. I mean, that stuff's pretty good. We're making breakthroughs. With- well, you notice that actually uh, we did not have good breakfast cereal before 1947. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Did you notice that? It's pretty weird. Yeah. I'm just saying. I remember I'm before 1947, saying. it was just eggs and bread. It was a lot of cornflakes. And now we're eating like cookie crisp for breakfast. I donuts. Mean, this is donuts. Little mini donuts. That's actually that's a Saturday Night Live sketch, sketch that actually sort of came true. You can buy little donut cereals. That that John oh, that Belushi, that John Belushi, wow. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there was um, oh the the conversation where Scully apologizes to Mulder. That's a pretty big conversation. She's like, I just want to say I was wrong. I've always held science as sacred. I don't know what to believe. Like that's a fun actual conversation. It's all stuff that's been under the surface that now they're like sort of having it out a little bit. And it's nice too because the show is airing at a time before really heavily serialized primetime shows. Yes. Were, the serialized shows were all soaps. Yes. Uh, and but these kinds of shows were just always uh, procedurals. You could always just jump in at any time and it's always status quo. The show was playing with that by ha- having her perspective uh, evolve because frankly by episode 22 of season one, 22 hours in, you're like, you're kind of going to have to meet him halfway. At this point. <laughs> exactly. You really have to. At yeah. Just a little bit. And I think the first, like, uh, season two, I just watched Host, which I'll obviously be covering. And that's just like a fucking giant liver fluke monster thing. <laughs> and that, at that point, I think, uh, and I think that episode really works. I'll talk about it when I talk about it. But it really works because at that point, X-Files is gone. And that's the thing. Like, we clearly fucking need the X-Files. Look at, look at this fucking <laughs> thing running around, you know? Uh, but I think... In this, uh, they're doing. Scully's not as crazy skeptical as I remember her being. I remember her being like, "That's not true. That's not true." But in every episode, maybe there's a little bit of a reset at the beginning of every episode. But as it goes, they give her enough stuff. She's to, always resistant enough to the level of being reasonable. Yeah, she's a scientist. Right. It makes so she's sense. Like, oh, you can prove to me that, like, like Roland. Let's go back to Roland for a moment. Like. She's skeptical and she's not really sure, but it's when she discovers that Roland and the other guy are brothers, they're twins. She's like, when she all goes, right. Okay, this is getting weird. Yeah, I like the she's, way she's that- She's open-minded. Right, right. Well, Mulder like, is trying to explain like psychic phenomena to her. Like, hey, 
uh, you know how sometimes you're thinking about your brother and then your brother calls? That's sort of like this, but it's like a dead brain controlling the brother. That's like a massive leap to take. And she has that great line, is uh, is this pitch going to lead to me having low or long distance rates? <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot just, of fun. She's just sort of like Jesus Mulder. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I forgot how funny she gets to be, too. Like, in your head, you sort of remember her be- as being this fuddy-duddy, like, at least I did, but right. it's it's a great character. She, she it's really perfect. Stuff. It's it's the dynamic's perfect because she's open minded enough, but she's also scientific enough to pull him down from his larger flights of fancy. Yes. Even though he's almost always right, she still makes him go through that rigorous process. Show of your like, work. Yeah, exactly. Show your work. Yeah. Let's not just jump directly to aliens. Yeah, you're right, me. but how did you get that? Right. <laughs> right. Let's not jump directly to I aliens. I also like watching these episodes again. Uh, one of the jokes that we'd always make back in the day would be like. Uh, we would just be like, if somebody would say something dumb to you, like, you know, oh, this is the best egg sandwich in town. You'd be like, Mulder, are you trying to say this is the best egg sandwich? <laughs> but she actually, but she actually yeah. says his name all the goddamn time. Mulder, and Mulder. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And it's, it's a fun name to because say. Because he doesn't say it back to her. He's not no. saying Scully. It's just a very specific character tick. Yeah. Where she begins so many sentences yeah. saying, Mulder, is this the right bus? Yeah. Mulder, do we park over there? Yeah. Like, she just says, I lo- it, it makes me happy. Yeah. Like, every time she says Mulder, my heart sings a little bit. And I think that her, the way the season ends, obviously, the X-Files is shut down when he calls her to tell her. She's so devastated. That's such a great, like, character arc for her for the whole season, where in the beginning she's brought into debunk, and at the end she's, like, destroyed when the X-Files is shut down. It's a demotion in the beginning. This is actually, like, the worst job she could be on. Yeah. And by the end of the first season, yeah, she's really invested. And it really, I think the season ends so well with, with sort of how the episode, uh, the pilot ends in that Raiders of the Lost arc, arc room where he's just like, right. are they not going to refrigerate that alien body anymore? <clears throat> That's a really bad? good question. They just put it in a cardboard box They're with like, three other ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch Which of actually them. speaks to, I guess, the, uh, the the commonness of alien fetuses. Yeah. They just have so they, many. They have so many of them. They just don't home. give a shit. But I think the, the season, I wrote down, that's how you end a season, motherfuckers. Like, it's so great. It it ends at rock it's bottom. Ni- it's, a, it's, it's a nice bookend. Uh, it's the, the arc goes long. Uh, the cliffhanger is strong because you really do want to figure out what's happening. You've taken away even the title of the show, technically. Right. Because there are no X-Files. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's it's really strong. Um, and uh, a real interesting note about that, uh, Fox had a really negative reaction to, this is what Glenn Morgan said. They said, closing the X-Files is completely unacceptable. We will not air it because people will believe the show has been canceled. And Glenn Morgan said, it's your job to let them know it hasn't been canceled. <laughs> this is the best way to end, end the season. This is from X-Files Confidential. It's clearly like Fox is in over its head a little bit with this show where they don't quite know what this is, but it's clearly becoming th- something. It's this, this episode is the highest... Uh, rated episode of the whole season. It ends huge, huge numbers. Well, not compared to, you know, other big, big shows, but clearly there's a trajectory. Um, And uh, I, I... I don't think you rewatch Tombs. It's a no. really good episode. It's uh, three or four before this, and at the end, Mulder says change is coming. Like there's, they see like a butterfly coming off a out of a larva or a pupa, whichever one the butterfly comes out of, uh, and and this is the change that he sort of foretold. Yeah. You know, it, it it really does end the season on such a great note. It's such it's such a good note. Uh, you know, also the stuff with the to go back just a little bit to the alien human hybrid stuff. I love that because. There is this large thing in ufology where uh, people get abducted, have very similar stories, 
all of which involved aliens being really sexually harassing. Yes. Like super sexually They get harassing. up in there. They really yeah. do that. And uh, there's like a real tendency to like put things up your ass, uh, to, to do vaginal stuff. Uh, and it's pretty crazy and pretty weird. Uh, and uh, I like to, for, for UFO nerds, there's a, 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 a lot of stories about people who get abducted and then later, later on get abducted again and meet their half alien children. Oh, that's a thing? It's a thing. So it's neat that this comes into the show. Yeah. The idea that this bit of ufology, which is like, eventually, like, why are aliens raping us again and again and oh, again? Oh, they want our babies. And they had to figure out, I mean, the reason why is because you're having sexualized dreams that take on UFO things. Yeah. That's why aliens are raping you again and again and again. But if we're going to rationalize it, it's because- Is that a real thing? People have sexualized dreams about- Well, that's- Oh, That's the basis. I would say for like this. probably like half of your UFO alien abduction stories have highly sexualized elements. That when you go back, or like this feels like maybe you have abuse. If you oh in your past, and you're that makes you're putting, so much sense. Like there's why there's something coming doing, into your bedroom and doing I taking you out and doing horrible things to you, probing you. Which is why monsters people, when they do the alien abduction stuff and they do hypnosis regression through hypnosis, it's probably because they're dredging up other. Crazy fucked shit. up stuff from when you were a oh kid. Oh my god, I'd never thought of that. Merged together into that this is thing. so interesting. Here, can we pause for a second? Just a second. Are we there? Okay, so we had to uh, take a break real quick. We were talking about um, that. Is interesting. I'd never thought of that. That's probably right. The um, I mean, it makes some sense. I, mean, I read. I read some people who have written about the experience of abductees. But either way, human alien hybrids have been a staple of abduction stories for decades yeah and that's what they're drawing from here they're just taking it from a different angle because in the abduction stories usually it's the aliens that are doing the hybrid experiments and then they will introduce people later on to their children who are growing up among the stars uh and oh here, that's the best case scenario isn't it <laughs> is that i had horrible stuff happen to me but now my child is living in the stars and the idea in a lot of these stories is that the alien race for whatever reason because of war or other resources, problems resources yeah. they have a their 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 genes or whatever are dying out so they're using humans to help and it's like a way of mythologizing your own life too you know like right. i'm a big part of this bigger thing i'm not just a there was a painful thing but now i have a star child who is the next stage of evolution for both of our races yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but here obviously it's different it's the us government doing the same yeah. stuff but it's for terrible and evil well purposes. here right now they're saying it's sort of to cure they're trying to cure diseases and stuff right. and then the one turns out to be way more successful than we thought so now we have to kill him because his cancer is gone right um again darren mooney says we were talking about this a little bit uh the the Mulder's sort of dad relationship with deep throat which comes to an end this episode he says uh, as such it seems reasonable to intuit a rift between Mulder and his father a fitting symbolic representation of the conflict between the modern generation and its direct predecessor uh, he says, you know, that this is a Generation X grew up against the backdrop of high divorce rates, single parents, latchkey kids wrestling with issues of resentment and abandonment. Um, and he says that uh, what Mulder is doing is what the X uh, is uh, what the X Files suggests Generation X is coming to terms with, living in the prosperity of post-war America. The show frequently pokes at the shady secrets and compromises that made that prosperity possible. X-Files is about opening the box, giving to Gen X, and discovering all the darkness nested inside 
the exploitation and protection of German and Japanese war criminal scientists, uh, medical knowledge procured through the Tuskegee experiments, the use of fascist powers by democratic officials to manage opposition. Um, so uh, that's sort of the theme of the X-Files that keeps coming back, is like trying to fix the mistakes of you know what their grown-ups did. Yeah, and it gets real explicit next season with episodes like Paperclip and stuff. It gets yeah. real explicit. And it's really interesting because also it's... The thing people, I think, forget about the 90s, what was really weird about the 90s and living in the 90s was there was even a book called this, uh, the, it's, uh, the End of History. And it was the idea that once the, once the Berlin Wall had fallen and the Cold War was over... Everything's done. We're just done. Like, this is it. Like, we're, now we're just walking to the future. And, but, like, what does it mean? And, like, what is, there's, there's no struggle anymore. And it was weird. And it was also the sense of what did it take to get here? Once the Berlin Wall fell and we didn't have the Cold War to justify the weird shit we had been doing, yeah. all of a sudden it was like, wait, we did a lot of real bad stuff. Yeah. Like, wait, was it really worth it? Like, and that's what the X-Files is. Yeah, and yeah. then... Uh, you know, and that's where that's why I think conspiracy stuff became very popular in the '90s again, leading up, and then 9/11 really blew the conspiracy stuff through the, yeah. through the through the roof. But it became popular again because we began to understand that a lot of stuff that we had written off in previous decades as just the random rantings of is real. Were real. Oh, yeah. the government really was doing this stuff. Yeah, they really were doing human tests, and yeah. they really were working with Nazi scientists. And yeah, yeah. So a friend of mine sent me a graph of like U.S.'s trust of the government over like the last 50 years, and in the Early '90s, it's at a, it's at a low, and before that, during it, after Iran Contra, it's at a low. Um, so the trust of the government is that I think it's the lowest point in the last 50 years is in the early 90s. Yeah, and it's interesting too because the you know as somebody who in '94 I was 21 years old, uh, this is the time when people who grew up post Watergate were really coming into their own. And so the idea that the government was not to be trusted, that was just my entire life narrative. Right. I grew up post Watergate, like just yeah. the, the president lies and right. uh you know so that's interesting too that, that this gen x thing that yeah this is just what it is that of course the president lies yeah the older generation was still struggling with the idea of wait the president lied yeah and we're like no of course this of course makes they, sense. This is what they do yeah this is what yeah. they do yeah they're they're assholes um oh yeah so is there anything specific you want to say more about this episode it's such it's such a great way to like close out the season and set up the next season and the rest of the series there's a really good line reading that the company has when I think it's, I think Scully asks him who clo who told you the X Files are closed, yeah, and he goes Skinner, yeah, it's and it's like the, Skinner, the yeah. brattiest response, yes, um, and I and love Skinner's only been in the episode in the season once so far. He's been in one episode, not this one, an episode before this, and it really sets up the importance of Skinner coming he's, up too. And it's, he's such a badass later on. I mean, spoiler for people who haven't watched the show, he he's a He's a pretty major character. Well, even season neat. two opener, you'll see what a badass he is. Yeah, it's 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 kind of neat, and it's actually interesting that we lose the dad figure here, and Skinner presents a different kind of tough, dad. different kind of dad figure. But he's a different kind of he's like so. This is the dad who's like di nurturing but disappointed. Yeah, Skinner's the dad who's like, wait, my son's a queer. Yeah, the disciplinarian. He's really mad. He's gonna break. He's gonna break. He's gonna break Mulder. Yes. Uh, to make him the better FBI agent. That's exactly right. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, you've got like the dad who's like, mom, oh, oh, you're done. You think your work is done? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess that's fine. Skinner, guess... Skinner's like, no son of mine is gonna yeah. quit. Yeah. I'll break you. <laughs> he's like the kind of dad who makes you, your kids call you sir. You know. <laughs> 
that kind of dad. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend. I had a friend in high school where his dad was like this lawyer. I I didn't know what. A, so we would like all hang out at his house, and his dad came in. And we were like, "Hey!" And he was like, "Stand up when you talk to me." And I remember being like, "I am never coming to this guy's house again." And not that sense of like, "Oh, he's right," but the sense of, "Fuck this whole setup." He had to call his dad, sir. Like, that's not a good... Yeah, it's crazy. I can't... I couldn't... I couldn't yeah, do it. Yeah, I was like, all right, I don't care how rich your family is and how great the omelets are. We would literally be there, and the, the, the chef would be like, what kind of omelet do you want? And he'd be like, I want mushrooms. And he's like, we don't have mushrooms. And he'd have to go and get mushrooms. And in Pakistan, mushrooms are not common. Like, mushrooms were like strawberries. Like, right. It's just not part of our, like, diet. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that was a digression. Uh, so this episode. Well, uh, I also like one more thing: uh, the image of, uh, of 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 Scully cradling Mulder on uh, the side of the road. Yeah. Uh, as at the end of the, the episode, at they, the end of the yeah, it's also cool because um, the arc of the se- season goes from "I want to believe" yes. in the beginning to "trust no one." At yes, the end. as his dying words, Deepro's dying words are trust no one, and it becomes a big mantra of the show going right. forward. And the uh, this is the first episode, so every you know it ends with it says uh, the truth is out there. By the way, a lot of people have written me on Netflix. It's not saying that right now, for whatever reason, the opening credits don't end with a saying. Uh, I feel like that's correct. I feel like weird, correct. right? Yeah. Um, and people are guessing why that's happening, but it used to say the truth is out there, and this right. one it says trust no one, right. um, and that's the first time that it doesn't that it says a different thing. Uh, great last episode, uh, last words, and, and what, the fact that he says it to Scully is very important because Mulder already knows Mulder, that. Mulder already knows, and what, and what an interesting tonal shift from I want to believe to trust no one. Mm-hmm. You know, it really darkens. As the show continues, the mythology really darkens in yeah, a big way. Yeah, and, and this episode really, like we said, you know, they killed the doctor's family for no reason. Right. Uh, Deep Throat's dead. Like, stakes are so high. X-Files are shut down. And now they, I mean, they have to fi- get, you know, they have to illuminate the darkness, but their tools are taken away. They don't know how it- but they still have each other as, again, Scully yeah. holding Mulder yeah. on the side of the road. I watched the season two opener, and it really, really lays that stuff out on the table. She almost has a maternal relationship with Mulder in the in the season opener. She's Mulder is like the, uh, uh, the, the child who's like given up. Like, I don't want to play anymore. And then she's sort of nurturing him back. I mean, through. I think this might be a controversial thing to say, but I just I've never saw a sexual spark between the two of them. So far, I just can't imagine him fucking her. Well, this isn't. <laughs> I know a lot of people have put a lot of energy into imagining. Dude, that, okay, so I, I cannot imagine him fucking to, her. To hear uh, message boards, um, again, this is when it's so interesting to see. In the beginning, it starts with maybe they'll get together, maybe they won't. I don't want it to happen. To now, um, so much. You may flame, but I'm also one of the one half percent that would like to see something. It wouldn't have to be like Remington Steel or Moonlighting. Both those shows <laughs> stuck around equally, didn't they? Moonlighting and Remington Steel, such classics. Um, uh, I support that. I have lots of faith in, faith in the writers of the show. Anyway, still after rewatching some of the episodes, Ice and the Pilot, Mulder and Scully have vaguely intimate contact. I really think it would be great if they got together. Uh, and Chris Carter in an interview said that he doesn't want them to fall in love, and someone's like, why? He doesn't want it to have... Uh, why? And the, this person's like, I'm writing a letter to Chris Carter, <laughs> and this is his address. Please write, write letters. And then one person is like, he doesn't want it to happen for the same reason the rest of us don't want it to happen. The minute the male and female leads hopping to sack, the show is dead. Uh, they talk about moonlighting again. He says, tension is fun to watch, not people acting on it. It's a lot like a soap bubble. 
Uh, you cross the line, the soap bubble breaks, and then people are like, hey, with the X-Files division closed, Mulder and Scully reassigned to separate sections. They can date now because they're not <laughs> working <coworkers>. together. <laughs> Ethically, it's all right now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really a big thing. He says, go ahead, Fox, ask Dana out. You know she's going to miss not being around you. Uh, so that's a big thing, and I never saw it as sexual until it becomes explicitly that. I can't that. see that. I just don't see them doing it. Like they I guess just don't have that. They just it's not that spark. It's so much they more have great chemistry. Yeah, but not that chemistry. I think it's so in- much more interesting to have a relationship because once they start dating, that's a relationship. They love each other, but when it's right. this, it's way more complicated. It's way more interesting. There's no like real label for it. You just have to see it to, to see what it is. And there's a beautiful next-level purity to their relationship being one based on a life work. Yes. On, like, really important life work as opposed to just wanting to put it in her. Right. Like, this is such a difference. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like and I, I know that's not what love is, just wanting to put it in her. But that's uh, where it starts, that's usually. That's where it starts. But the idea this this begins, their the relationship has already begun at the most profound level. Yeah. Of, like, we want to expose the truth of the world. And yeah. we're going to be there together for each other at every step of the way. We always be supporting each other along the way, believing in each other, even when it gets crazy or weird or dumb. I love that. Yeah. Uh, that's you know. a way more interesting relationship than they just want to fuck. I agree, but this, you know. The fan base, they love, they love that. Um, so Chris Carter says that he killed uh, Deep Throat. I wanted everyone who watches the show to say to themselves, I better watch carefully because anything can happen. Nothing is sacred. Trust no one. That's from Cine Fantastique. The actor, Jerry Harden, he thinks uh, he aided the conception of this plot point because he thinks he really was pushing to become a regular part of the show. And they were like, fuck you, we're going to kill you. So he <laughs> he still thinks that's why they sort of wrote him out is because he was pushing to become a series regular. He, they didn't. They did not want to pay him Such a bummer. amount. It, it is a lot more extra money. Yeah. Uh, so here, a lot of people are reacting to Deep Throat's death. People are very, very upset about it. Um because a lot of people were guessing what was going to happen in the finale, and a lot of that involved Deep Throat. They said, um, I think the Deep Throat character is becoming so popular that they will give him more airtime. The FBI is super pissed at Mulder, and instead of Scully reining him in, they see him pulling her over to his side, so he thinks Mulder will be transferred to work directly for Deep Throat. That's what they're guessing is going to happen. Obviously, he doesn't. Um, and then people are saying, I believe that next season, Mulder will become Scully's personal deep throat. Oh, this is them guessing after the episode what's going to happen, oh, okay. is that Mulder's outside, and now Scully's sort of, he's going to be feeding stuff to Scully. To That's do actually a really interesting angle. Yeah, it is an Scully interesting continues angle. to investigate uh, uh, legally, and Mulder's sort of feeding her stuff. Yeah, he that's a really interesting angle. Um, they should have gone with that. People are speculating she's going to leave because she's pregnant, and now people talking about Deep Throat. Uh, we don't actually know that Deep Throat is dead. We just saw someone shoot him, and him appear to die in Scully's arms. Uh, exactly, he faked it. He planned this all along. You should never have gone to the lab, Scully. Um, I don't think Deep Throat is really dead. To begin with, if the bullet had actually hit him where the injury was, he would have been dead before he hit the ground. Also, his last words were, trust no one. Faking his own death would be the ultimate lie. Maybe he has alien DNA. So people are really like, oh, it's also this is the first time that that character is referred to by Deep Throat. And people are like, they're reading our post because they uh, on the show they called him something else. And here on the message boards, they've been calling him Deep Throat for a while. And I think that's actually true because a lot of stuff that happened on the message boards became part of the show. That's probably true. Do you know what's funny? Uh, this just remind me right now, totally, this is semi on topic, is that in Captain America the Winter Soldier, yes, when uh, killed, quote unquote, yeah. uh, his last words to Captain America are trust no one. Is that right? Yeah. No way. Uh-huh. 
Wow. Before he fakes his and own And that's death. exactly what they said. Yeah. All right, put so that in a spoiler for Captain America. ended up writing uh, Could be. a Captain America movie. Well, because what's happened now is there's an X-File, alt.tv.xfiles.creative, and it's just pitching people pitching stories. <laughs> um, and I have shit. I hope I got it. Oh, no, I didn't. There was, uh, they... Oh, fuck, I can't believe I don't have this. I thought I had it. It's a list of the names of the the episodes that people have pitched, and I just thought the names were really interesting. There's some really good episode names in season two. Man, looking through them on Netflix, they really get creative. With yeah, names. yeah. really nice. Um, so, and then people are writing uh, uh, letter-writing campaigns sure, to, to get them to... Bring Deep Throat back? Or, yeah. Or, or to get them... No, to bone. both. Both boning and get deep throat back because what they do is there's a society people call themselves the deep throat society. Well, gosh, yeah, the deep throat <laughs> society. You guys don't sound like that's what you should be doing. Doesn't sound like letters are being written. The other one I found a lot of these. I was like, what is this? G A T B and D D E B. Can you guess what that is? People G-A-T-B. are they calling themselves Jillian Anderson? Testosterone yeah. Brigade? That's right! Yeah, Did you... I remember this, yeah. And David Duchovny Estrogen Brigade. Yeah, I remember this. And the, they like... I, like I, I haven't thought about that in like 20 years. Yeah. It just popped into my head But right they're... Now. It's so amazing how this like fan... Uh, these fans are crystallizing in these very, spe- in these very specific yeah. ways. Um, and so there are people who align themselves based on that. That's great. The God, other thing that, that I noticed that's happening is people giving each other shit for spoilers. This must be a specifically internet thing, right? Like, you know, it's real annoying for me to see a number of posts showing with spoiler information. Uh, I won't be able to watch my table the season finale until Monday at the earliest, but thanks to at least three people, I know at least one of the big events of the episode. Um, people, some... even 20 years ago, were enormous goddamn babies about <laughs> spoilers on the internet that they just couldn't watch the damn show when it aired. Just don't go on the just don't That's the what this group. person says. You're not going to see the episode until Monday. Why did you decide to read ATXF? You're just <laughs> asking for trouble. It's not the spoilers that ruin shows. People ruin shows. This is this is the this is the future of humanity. It's going to be just us arguing about spoilers forever and ever and ever going forward. This yeah. is crazy. This these are the exact arguments yeah. that happen on Twitter right now. Yeah, exactly. And this I, is the beginning know, of that. You know, I have Game of Thrones on my DVR. I won't be able to watch it until yeah. Wednesday. It's like, yeah. get the fuck off Twitter, dude. Hey, your uh, grandmother died. Spoiler alert! That's where we are. <laughs> and then people are like, I'm confused why the folks po- posting spoilers aren't willing to simply stop doing it. No one is insulting you. They're simply pointing out that you are inconveniencing them. So these spo- this is the beginning of the spoiler arguments. Wow, X-Files really is yeah. ground zero for an awful lot of the annoying things in the world today. <laughs> <laughs> really is. What a bummer. What a bummer. Uh, another big thing that people noticed is at the end when Mulder calls Scully and it's, you know, 13 days later, the time on her thing, uh, it goes from 11.21 to 11.22, which is exactly what happens in the first episode. It That's... goes from 11.21 to 11.22, and it's the date that John F. Kennedy was killed. It was 11.22. It's also, isn't it Chris Carter's birthday? Oh, I bet that's way more likely than any of these. There is a time. There's a time motif in the show. That's Chris Carter's birthday. Really? It may not be eleven twenty-two. It might be ten something else. Okay. Uh, but eleven twenty-two. Maybe eleven twenty-two is is Kennedy's uh, assassination date. Would you notice a lot watching these episodes, especially the ones that Chris Carter wrote? Is uh, he's sort of obsessed with ending at the same place it starts. So if you see episode one, ends with the guy uh, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark room. Uh, Season finale ends with that. There's a lot of circular stuff happening. Um, you'll see that in the next two episodes of uh, 
uh, season two also. Uh, he, it's it's kind of cool because that's sort of how stories are. Yeah, it's good structure. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good structure. Yeah, yeah. but he sort of does more with that, with like specific like these time things and stuff. Like more, he 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 explicitly puts in like more signifiers of it. Well, it's neat too because this is the this is one of the first shows that people were able to really tape and really go over in, in detail. So yeah. putting those little things in. Yeah. You know, in the past, if you were doing you know Night Stalker in the seventies. People would just see it the one time, and then maybe when it aired again on a repeat. But this show, people were actually pouring over, and it's neat that you can throw these little things in. Yeah. Now we take that for granted. Now oh, we yeah, take that there's going to be Easter eggs everywhere. Right, but yeah. back then it was it was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so in the last few episodes, I talked about it a bunch where people were sort of saying that uh, Scully's been gaining weight, and then it comes out she's pregnant. Right. And so now, and so so that's been a huge topic of conversation, people really getting angry at other people for noticing it and for talking about it. And then there's one guy who comes on. Clearly, this has been like weeks this has been decided. He's like, hey, Julie Nineson is looking a tad chunky lately. She just got married not long ago. So I wonder if she preggers or just putting on weight. Any ideas? What I love about that is like nobody responds to that. <laughs> They've been fighting about it for weeks, and now they're like, just let this go. What's this go. guy's username? Let's let's shame him. Twenty. Oh later. no, I didn't let's get his it. username. Oh, no. <laughs> what a fucking monster, though. What a fucking monster. Is she, uh, is she preggers or uh... <laughs> preggers? Clearly comes in. Uh, and then p- some people are uh, happy that Deep Throat dies. I think it was cool that he got killed off. I liked his character, but as Mulder said, the Ben Kenobi stuff was getting old. I hope the X Files creative team continues to write in plot twists that will stop the show from stagnating. What you, it's so cool. Like I feel like so much of fandom is about not. Is about resisting change. Right, we, the fans hate it. Fans want to see the exact same stuff. It's funny because you know this week they announced uh, a new Captain America and a new Thor for the comics, and you. Had, oh yeah, it's a black Captain America and a, and a female Thor, yeah. and you had the the two sides of fandom at the exact same time, which is people who hate change and yes. are furious about it, and people who say, "Well, nothing changes; they'll be back to the old people anyway." Yeah, that's so it's, right. It's the it's the two sides, and it's like, well, which which one do you want, guys? Like, it's like either we're going to have the illusion of change or we're going to have the same. Yeah, thing. what do you want from us? <laughs> what do you want from us? We did this. You wanted it. And now you're like, well, it's probably going to go back. Yeah. And okay. this creates immense change in that they actually are able to get a black guy on the X-Files thanks to the death of Deep Throat. Yes. Mr. X comes the in. The only black guy. That's right. Is This is the whitest show that it may. Uh, they, it's crazy how white this show is. It is a white show. It's a very white show. Uh, people are very excited that the number that it did really, really well. This yeah. episode is the biggest episode yet. Um this is what someone says. I thought, hey, it beat out NBC's Ray Alexander, colon, Taste for Justice. It's a TV movie with Louis G- Lou Gossett as a restaurateur slash private detective. Sounds- Ray Alexander, Taste for Justice. He's that a chef. awesome. Yeah. Why did this go away? Why aren't we doing a podcast about that? <laughs> Ray Alexander. T- maybe I'll do a uh, bonus episode. There is an alternate universe where Ray Alexander, Taste for Justice, goes, <laughs> goes to series yeah. from that backdoor pilot TV movie, and yeah. we are doing... Doing a, a podcast about Lou Gossett, yeah. and we're actually cooking up his recipes each oh. week, and then talking about the mystery. Yeah, the and food. people are like, he should hook up with his mater D. Why? <laughs> why aren't they fucking? <laughs> um, Lou Gossett, <laughs> that's amazing. Taste, taste for, for just- justice. Yeah, you know what? You know what I feel like saying to that? Uh, Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. <laughs> it just feels like such a joke. 
<laughs> such a joke. Uh, so this episode does really, really, really well. Or what are the specific numbers of it? Like it does an eight point, yeah, eight point eight, uh, viewed by eight point three million households, the highest in the first season of the X Files. And then I noticed, and I'll talk about this in the next one. There's a lot of, you know, between seasons one and two, the X Files board is sort of stagnant there's right. not much happening but what is happening you notice is that the show sort of uh, becoming more popular in its absence it uh, gets on the um I think in July, which is a couple months after this it's on the cover of TV guide yeah and months before it's on and months after it's off a lot of people are coming on looking for videotapes of it like oh I heard about this show can I get videotapes there's a big tape exchange thing that gets set up um, and then the season two premiere is way bigger than this like it's a 10 point something or a nine point something so so the show gets really really popular and then I found this this was interesting I found someone did a survey of all the people uh, on the board like ranking each of the episodes of season one so this is the um, and about a hundred people it seems like a little over a hundred people participated okay. in this, which is a pretty big number. So this yeah. is the ranking that they gave it. Uh, season one, its uh, best episode is Erlenmeyer Flask, which is the season sure. finale, which is a really great episode. It's also the most recent one. It changes the status quo a little bit. There's big important stuff that right. happens in it. Number one, I think, deserved. Number two and three are Tombs and Squeeze, which obviously it's a character that people really, really like. Right. I do agree that Tombs is better than Squeeze, uh, which is the second uh, the, the second time that the guy comes back. Um, but I don't know if it should be that high. Number four is Beyond the Sea, which I thought was a really great episode, really uh, Scully-centric episode, and I think people like that. You see a lot of character development for her. You see right. her family. Uh, really good episode, a lot of creepy stuff in it. Uh, a lot of different interpretations of it possible. Ice, which is the one, obviously, uh, in the ice. Uh, is this the one where Mulder makes a joke about how small his dick is? Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. I remember at the episode. time being like really blown away that yeah. the lead of a TV show was making a joke yeah. about his small dick. Well, that, 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 that's what's cool is that he's very self-deprecating. Yeah. He's a... Uh, uh, so Ice and then EBE, which yeah. is another great episode. Deep Throats, episode two. Eve, which we talked about. The pilot. Fallen Angel. I would put Fallen Angel higher. To me, that one is... And you could see that the mythology episodes... Are way up there, yeah. Yeah, and it became later that now people remember it as the mythology episodes being the worst and people liking them all. I, I, so many times I tell people, if you know, I'm doing an X-Files epi- uh, uh, podcast and they're like, oh, that's great, other than the mythology stuff. The mythology stuff gets shitty later. The first four or five seasons it's really really great people love it the mythology stuff is they don't know how to wrap it up that's the problem with it if they were able to land we would love these mythology but, but they could have landed it they just kept it going because uh, they wanted the show to keep going there's clearly around season 5 you see where it could have ended but when they get to the movie yeah it should have wrapped it, it up it should have ended at the movie right. and then after that they should have either done a new conspiracy or just sort of done serialized monster of the week so that there's one crazy serial killer guy who's out there right. and that's the arc of the season and then there's other little monsters who this, that's what they should have done well the irony is that the show ends up being a show that at the beginning they're not sure it's going to actually be able to hold on and by the end everybody's like you have to end the show yeah you were in season 9 like that's, you've really burned it out that's almost every it's yeah. almost every show uh, Fallen Angel, which I would have ranked higher. Fire, which I would have ranked way lower. Way lower. It sucks. Uh, I, uh, it really does suck. And I think, again, at this point, people really love the Monster of the Week stuff. These right. sort of uh, uh, psychopathic characters who have these special powers. People are really reacting to that. Darkness Falls, which is out in the forest. I really like that one. There's another one where Mulder and Scully don't do anything. They're just holding on for dear life. But I thought it was really cool. Right. I thought it had fun. I thought they worked well together. Conduit, which I would go lower. 
It's the one where I don't know if you've seen it recently. It's the kid. He's the conduit. It's a, it's like episode three. It's a really oh early yeah yeah on yeah one. where he's uh, basically making ASCII art. Yeah, and they make a really big deal that he made like a giant mural out of ASCII art. And yep. it's, this is like the most mind blowing thing. Yeah. Like for modern audiences, there's no way that that lands no, at it, all. It's it's super dumb. Uh, Gender Bender, um, that one I thought was it had some interesting stuff. I talked about it with Rhea Butcher. It was really good um, episode. I think it was interesting. The '90s view on sexuality. Right. Um, Roland which we just talked about. Lazarus, which I did not see. Again, I got to say, I just mostly picked these from memory, and I ended up covering... I didn't find this until two days ago. Okay. I ended up covering all of the top 15 episodes just from memory, um, and of the bottom nine, I covered two of the bottom nine. So You I covered the, number, the lowest rated one there, which I also agree is the worst one. Actually, oh, Space, there there's one more. Oh, Space, space. is really hard. Space we is actually, the worst one. We actually one. sort of talked about doing Space for this episode. Yeah, we did for we a second. We maybe should have just to have had the most, the highest ranked and the lowest ranked in the one episode. Well, I watched a bunch of these. Uh, I didn't watch rewatch Ro uh, Lazarus. I rewatched Shadows, which is a ghost one. Yeah. It's sort of a basic ghost one where they don't do anything, but there's something cool about it. I actually kind of like that one. Young at Heart, which uh, is pretty low and Perhaps should be, but I like the image of the guy with the salamander hand. Miracle Man, which is like a Jesus one. There's a guy who can perform miracles. There's this tent revival preacher. Right. That was probably the, my least favorite one of the ones I rewatched. Uh, it just makes no sense. It turns out that it's a hoax, but then it's not a hoax. Uh, Miracle Man, I did not like. Born Again, I didn't see again. Jersey Devil, I just remember hating that one so much that I just didn't want to see it That was one of again. those episodes I remember watching the first time and just being like, wow, maybe this show does suck. And it comes on like pretty early on in the yeah, season. Yeah, really early. Also, four. Ghost in the Machine, I despised. Uh, then Shapes, which is the werewolf Native oh, American yeah, one. Which is um, terrible, but um, I enjoy yeah, for its terribleness. Because they talk about the first ever X Files, which is a, and so maybe maybe I'll I'll rewatch that. What I want to do is some of these, uh, pair them with really good episodes later and contrast them with these and why these didn't work and the later ones do work. I think that might be interesting. Ghost in the Machine, which you really hate, and then the worst one is Space. space. I rewatched Space. It is so so bad. It's just really boring and slow. And the worst thing, you've seen that Mars picture where it looks like it's a face on yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that face is going around possessing people. Right. Which is crazy. Our, like, Earth has humans. It doesn't look like a human's face. You know what I mean? It makes no sense. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's really dumb. That's the worst one. And um, in the next episode, uh, that's, oh, well, actually, we, with Dean Hagelin, Dean talks about how that the, the cast and crew knew that was a really bad one, and they explicitly were talking about how we cannot repeat the space mistake. Oh, so they again. knew that space was like the low point. They, they knew, yeah. Yeah, I'm always interested in that, like sort of the idea of when you're making a TV show, and you know you're doing your your best, but because of the rigors of doing a weekly TV show, there, especially when it's 22, 24 episodes, you're really going to have a couple of stinkers come yes. through. What it's like to spend the, like eight days working super hard, making an hour of TV that you know walking in is yeah. trash. Like I think that's fascinating. I mean, they're trying. This isn't like you know, this isn't Two and a Half Men where they're just like, well, whatever. Like we're making a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, this is like we're really trying to make an interesting TV show here. And yeah. so when you when you blow it, you probably really feel like you blew it. Yeah. But if you look at okay, so it's twenty four. The good ones are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 
So there's 11 out of 24, I would say, are really, really, really good. Yeah. Like, the lowest one on that is Fallen Angel, which is a fucking great episode. Yeah. And then of the other ones, like, there's only truly two or three really bad ones. Even the, like, Young at Heart, I think, is interesting in some ways. Roland is interesting in some ways. Genderbender is interesting, even though we don't count it as a good one. So so it's a pretty good batting average for a first season of a show that's doing something that we haven't really seen before. I would say so, and I think the fact that they're able to put the pilot episode so high in the quality yeah. says against so much. I mean, pilots are the worst episodes in most they're, series. They're always, always the worst, and still to this day, the pilot holds up really yeah. well. So yeah. that's this is a really, overall, a really, really great first season. It's of a really show. good season. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a strong concept. It's just uh, really expertly done more most yeah. of the time. And when, and when they do screw it up, they're screwing it up In an interesting honestly. way. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, Native American werewolves, I see what that pitch is. Yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm on board, kind Ooh, of. Wendigo, sure, why not? Yeah, that's yeah. neat, you know? But Yeah, and the highs are really high. Like, the highs are sort of rank up with the best, you know, episodes of yeah. The X-Files of all I agree. time. I agree. Um, so, uh, and we sort of talked about, because uh, I I'd remembered every season ending on a cliffhanger. This one doesn't. If this is the end of the show, this would have been a great sort end. Sort of a cliffhanger in that it's so... It is. You could wrap it up. Like you could, could wrap be it the up. end, yeah. but it feels like this is not finished. It right. does feel like, oh my god, what are they going to do next? You 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 saw sort of how they were going to end it if it was going to be if it was going to be canceled. It, you wouldn't have to tweak too much to sort right because it, it isn't like um, Fallen Angel. I think is the one that ends with him saying, "You can shut down the X Files, but you never shut me down." Yes, which feels actually more like a, an ending to me than this. In that it's it's that resigned like, yes, this is over, but. We'll come back somehow. Right. This ending of Erlmeyer Flask is, what are we going to do, Mulder? Yeah. Oh, the, no. What's right. happening next? And so it's very different. The end of Fallen Angel feels like a mission statement that even though shows off the air, yeah. we'll, we'll be continuing to investigate. Yeah. This ending feels like a statement of, what the fuck are we going to do in season two? Yeah. Which is neat, which is what makes it a It's really neat. You really, really want to watch the show. Right. The status quo has changed. They're in different places. Scully's in a different place. Um yeah, uh, and we sort of talked about, you know, maybe doing uh, end of season one and beginning of season two. But when I watched the end of season one, I thought it it works so well as an end of a season yeah, I agree. that Just I didn't want to talk. Yeah, yeah, sort of let it go. And then next week, I'll talk about the first two episodes. And then you of can also two. package the uh, seasons as as bundles and sell them. Yeah. That way that you can uh, put them on, on, on iTunes and sell them individually once you take them off Feral oh, Audio. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, well, they'll never be <laughs> off Feral Audio. Um, all right. Any any ending words? Uh, this is a great show, uh, and uh, it's really exciting to go back and rewatch uh, this stuff uh, and to discover it again. And yeah. It's neat. Also, just even watching, like, Roland, which I probably saw when it aired, and I maybe saw, like, when I first bought—I bought a DVD set from China because they didn't exist in the U.S. I time. remember that being a thing. I didn't buy that, but I remember it. And I remember maybe I watched Roland then when I got that DVD set yeah. from China. And I haven't watched it again since, but it's just neat to watch it again and images like the scientists flying, flying in the background. The I thought that was so funny. I was like, oh, my God, that I totally remember yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, almost like a comedy moment because it really like it's Roland in the foreground in the other room, and then he <laughs> the, the, guy, the scientist flies back. And they've overcranked it to make it look faster, so it actually has that comedic sort of effect I to think it. it's... Yeah. Just a, a still image of a guy that's flying that by because he doesn't seem to be moving. He it's seems to very, be like still. It's very silly, but it's just funny to watch it and be like, man, I remember watching this 20 years ago. Like, it's pretty amazing. Oh, I forgot to do the name reviews because uh, oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah, one yeah. has really, really great names in it. Um, hold on a second. Oh, here it is. Okay. So there's Crew Cut Man. 
that's not a great name, but Dr. William Sakare. Very that's good. a great name. Dr. Terence Allen Baruby. That's a great name. Baruby sounds like it's like a reference. That just sounds so specific, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't sound like a white guy's name. It's definitely not Terrence a white guy's Allen name. Baruby. Uh, Dr. Ann Carpenter, I feel like that one's kind of a C minus. Don't love that one. Well, it could be John Carpenter and. Uh, um, Anne Rice. Anne Rice. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, and then Captain Roy Lissario. I think that's a great name. That's like the name of a lead of a show. That is the yeah. name. Captain Roy, Roy Lissario. Yeah, that's a, that's a fucking great name. So this one, they came up with great names. Um, oh, I should mention this. So they were trying to get bumper stickers made for the show. And people are very excited when they find like um, uh, merchandise. There's not much. So these are the bumper stickers that are the highest voted ones. I break for the truth. Truth is capital. This car has been abducted by EBE. <laughs> um, and this is a play on, you know, the uh, in case of the rapture, this car will be driverless. In case of UFO abduction, this car will be driverless, which means that these are people who are abducted by you. That's not like something to be proud of. No, no. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. I love the lack of merch. It's just, I think it's endearing. I remember buying an I Want to Believe poster um, when I was in college, and it was... Oh no! It was after college. It was uh, I was living in upstate New York, uh, in a college town, and I remember buying this "I Want to Believe" poster, and then watching the ep- the show, like with the poster on the wall, and being like, "Oh, this doesn't match." No, it's different. Some dude, I had that same one. Some dude made this. This I had this the different one. Match. It's yeah. a different UFO picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was, I, like, I had that. I was like, oh man, but that, that 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 was the state of the merch at the time. I just found a picture of myself with that poster, and I this is in college, so I'd covered. The word live, so it just says, I want to be, which is so fucking gross. You're really in the moment, man. Yeah, man. I just want to be, you know? Uh, <laughs> I'm a human being, okay? <laughs> Not a human doing. Um, so, and then I'm going to add lessons I've learned from watching these episodes. Uh, the first one from Roland, don't enter a room with a giant fan. Yep. And number two, if you find uh, a warehouse with people float, living people floating in water, go get your... Partner, partner right then. Yeah, don't don't don't, don't take the night to sleep. Don't on. don't get breakfast at Taco Bell on the yeah, way. Yeah, no, definitely deal with that immediately. Um, what are you promoting? Badass Digest. Uh, you can find me uh, on badassdigest.com, all one word. Also, you can find me on Twitter at Devin CF, D-E-V-I-N-C-F. If you like anime, don't follow him. If you like anime, I'm probably going to just piss you off. Uh, yeah. There's some great anime, by the way. I don't believe it. You have you not seen um. What's good anime? I honestly, anime is my one hole, like in the nerd world. Like I've seen I, a lot of anime. I've seen a lot of the stuff that comes over, and that like everybody's like, oh, "This is the great stuff." And like the Miyazaki right now, stuff, you know, okay, that's fine. That's, that's almost its own thing. That's its own thing. But I think a lot of the problem with anime, and I have never been able to figure out if I'm just culturally unable to penetrate it, or if it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Because most anime to me narrowly doesn't, make sense. doesn't work. The big one right now is Attack of the Titans. That's the one that's, that's everyone, everybody Attack loves. on and, Titan. And or everybody's whatever like, it's this called. is the one that's like really adult. Attack on Titan. This is really adult. It's yeah. gonna really prove Did to you. Did you see it? No. Because I gave up already. Yeah. I, I I watched a lot of these things. People are like, This is the one that you're really gonna like I don't yeah. like I'm like Akira. Okay. So like let's that's the baseline. I think Akira yeah. doesn't make Ghost any in the sense. Shell. I don't care. Ghost in the Shell I don't like. Yeah. I've I don't like Ghost in the Shell. The one I liked most was Ninja Scroll, just because that's a badass action movie. It's just a crazy action movie. It's like Kill Bill. It's like he, him just fighting different monsters. See, that to me is uh, defines a lot of anime work. Doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. It's just a lot of really cool, stylish action stuff. Yeah, I get very bored by. Have very you seen quickly. Grave of the Fireflies? Uh, yes, I have. You don't like that one? No, that's fine. It's good. Yeah, it's good. 
Yeah. It's good. Um, all right. Uh, follow me at Kamel N on Twitter. Uh, X Files file at X Files files on Twitter. Uh, please email me the X Files files at gmail.com. We're getting a. I'm getting a. I don't know why I say we. Getting a ton of awesome the emails from we. you guys. There's some like great stuff. So we'll do another letters episode later. Um, do you think that uh, Mulder watches the Legend of the Overfiend? What is that? This is a very famous hentai. Uh, oh yeah, he does. That, like it was like it was it was like early '90s too, so it's like at the right time. Oh it's, yeah, it's like one of the first tentacle rape movies to really make it over to America. Oh, Mulder's into it. Is this the one where he's watching a journey to the planet of the Earth, a journey to the center of the Earth? He sure is. Yeah. James Mason. Yeah, I loved that movie as a kid. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I was watching that and I sort of took. It was like, wait, I think this is Journey to the Center of the yeah, Earth. Yeah, I don't know what the reference means. If it means anything, or they just like that movie and put it in there. Um, it's that they're trying to get to the place where there's crazy shit happening. There's dinosaurs there. Spoiler alert. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a cool thing that Mulder sits at home and watches really cool old science fiction. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah, it is neat. The Meltdown with Jonah and Kamel is currently airing on, uh, Wednesday nights on Comedy Central, 1230 AM, technically Thursday. Uh, so please watch that show. All right, thank you for listening. Um, so Devin and I touch upon the idea of like cryo freezing, and that day I was reading this uh, magazine called Mental Floss, and this guy David Casarat wrote an article about it. There's one company that's the biggest company that does it. That's Alcor Life Extension Foundation. They've been doing it for 40 years, and they basically it's $200,000 if you freeze your whole body. And seventy thousand if you if you're cheap and just want to freeze your head, which seems like a terrible idea, um, but it sort of discusses the history of this kind of thing. Uh, 1967, uh, he said, was the first time that someone tried to do that. They basically, uh, Dr. James Hiram Bedford died at the age of 73, and they just packed him in a bunch of ice cubes, and then the Alcor Foundation found him and sort of froze them the way that they you know, that they do the freezing. In 1991, and when they opened the bag, there were still, like, ice cubes in there. So this article is about how there's a conference every year that this Alcor Life Foundation has, and, like, 300 people go, and they all sort of talk about the new advances in reanimating people after they die. And it's uh, really kind of interesting. Obviously, it's, you know, pretty far from happening, and the guy who wrote the article seems to be very skeptical seems to sort of think that these guys are um, kind of scam artists, which they probably are, $200,000. That seems like a lot of money for for nothing. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, wanted to bring that up. Apparently, every year they have, like, a new breakthrough that they try and, like, uh, pump up. And this year, they one guy was able to take out a kidney from an American wood frog, freeze it, and then put it back in. And then it started working again they also did that with rat hearts they like pulled out rat hearts froze them then put them back in the rat and the rats lived again so and then he said that whenever they announce these people get super excited and then the article ends with this guy who's in his 70s talking about how you know he's he's upset that they that he's probably gonna die and they're not gonna be able to save him so yeah, just thought that was interesting. Uh, thank you for listening. Again, at X-Files Files, the X-Files Files at gmail.com. Uh, the Reddit, the subreddit has a lot of uh, great activity. Uh, next week, we're talking about the first two episodes of season two. That's Little Green Men and um, The Host, which is the one with the fluke man. That's obviously a very um, classic episode. And I've sort of, I think, decided to just... Um, 
watch all of them and see how it goes, not really skip them this time. And um, I also got contacted by, uh, it's, it's very interesting, I got contacted by Glenn Morgan. Actually, I contacted him. He's one of the writers of the show, talked about him a bunch. And I think I'm going to have him on at the end of season two to sort of talk about the first two seasons. That's very, very exciting. And then hopefully Darren Morgan as well to talk about his episodes. And he wrote uh, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose and w War of the Coprophages and Jose Chung's From Outer Space and Humbug. And these are episodes that figure into, you know, the top 10 of any X-Files uh, conversation. So, yeah, uh, exciting stuff coming up. Um, and next week, uh, Bria and Zane Grant. Uh, thank you for listening. It's Jacques. It's Carl. It's Edgar. And we are your boys from Against the Grain. Check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to us or listen to us on your favorite podcasting app. We talk all the shit. We talk none of the shit. We talk a majority of the shit. You should check us out and listen. See just how much shit we really talk. Yeah, baby. Against the Grain. <laughs> <laughs>